Judging Book Covers, your bi-weekly podcast where we help you go through your to-be-read list. I'm Stephanie Cortez, and as usual, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Megan. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you doing? Pretty good. I'm really glad that it's Friday and that this week <laughs> is over. <laughs> yes. We're going to end it by talking Star Wars, the best way to end a week. Exactly. And then more <laughs> Star Wars next weekend <laughs> with the movie. right. Yeah. Change the entire podcast. Let's just talk about Donald Glover. Um, yes, I'm <laughs> a thousand percent on board. <laughs> and tonight we are also joined by Olivia. Olivia, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm also very excited about Friday and about this little juice box of wine that I've got with me right oh, now. So nice. Jealous. That's Wait, awesome. <laughs> Hold that back up a second. I am so curious. It's a little... So it's Boda Box, which is a boxed wine brand, and they make these teeny tiny little boxes Holy shit. that are like two glasses of wine. Awesome. That They're is the greatest. amazing. Oh my God, it's like I being a that. child, but as an adult. Yes. <laughs> oh my so God. So I have my little juice box. This just made my night. Nothing. We're done. It Donald did. Glover and juice boxes. <laughs> yep. That's all we needed. The end. <laughs> Wrap it up. Go home. <laughs> I mean, what else do you need? <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> so, Olivia, what book did you pick for us to read this week? I picked the book Bloodline, which, full disclosure, I read a couple of months ago and intended to reread and did not get to it. So I read a summary today, <laughs> and hopefully that will do me okay. Um, this is a Star Wars book that is set pre The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. um, and it is by Claudia Gray, who I think is pretty fantastic. I've read a couple of her other Star Wars books, and I really, really enjoy them. Very Did cool. you read Lost Stars? Not yet. I really like that one. <laughs> That's the only other one of hers that I've read, but I really liked that one a lot. <laughs> she also wrote one called Leia, Princess of Alderaan, which is like Leia Similar. growing up, and mm -hmm. it's super good. Okay. <laughs> See, I, I know that. her from her non-Star Wars stuff, but I still adore her. So, Fair. She's got a really cheesy, wonderful YA series that's like these, these teens that are bouncing through different, um, let's say time zones, that's not the correct word, dimensions, um, mm. alternate lives, and realizing like how intertwined all five of these characters really are. So... That's where I heard her first. But, uh, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, this is six years before Force Awakens. Um, that sounds right, yeah. And I can't remember what year Force Awakens came came out. I feel like this came out either right before or right at the same time. Good with um, years of movies. <laughs> hmm? I said I'm not good with remembering what year movies came out in. Like, So it's 2018... The last one came out last year. Was it a two-year gap? It was a two-year gap. So it came out in 2015. Okay. I have no the idea. Copyright for this, the copyright for the book is 2016, so. Right. Okay. A little bit after. So she probably knew what was going to happen in The Force Awakens before anybody else. <laughs> Except for Graham Norton, because apparently Carrie Fisher totally shared her a uh, copy of the script with Graham Norton, so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
a wonderful episode. If, if you never watched the Graham Norton show, I highly suggest starting with his Star Wars cast, especially the new ones, because um, the two newbie actors, whose names I'm totally both blinking on. Um, John Boyega and Daisy Ridley? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> they're both fantastic in their, like, newness. And then Carrie Fisher is entirely in her, I'm Carrie Fisher, I don't give a fuck. Here's my dog just, like, wandering around the stage. And it's wonderful. <laughs> She's by everything. I love Seriously. her so much. Yeah, yes. I have to look for that. This book made me cry solely for the fact that, like, she's not going to be in the next movie. Oh, no. Yeah. And it was supposed to be her movie. It's okay. Not going to cry tonight. Too much. (laughs) (laughs) So, did this book make it onto your shelf because you read her other books? Or are you just a huge Star Wars fan? Or... So it was actually a present from my husband for Christmas, Um, but I did get a deep into Star Wars after The Last (laughs) Jedi. Um, I've always enjoyed Star Wars, but The Last Jedi, I don't know, it just, it hit me real hard. Um, And I got really into Kylo Ren and Rey shipping. Oh no. It was rough. It was rough for a while there. I was like, oh, it's unhealthy and I love it so much. Um, And so... My husband actually got me, like, four Star Wars books for Christmas, and this was one Ooh. of them. Okay. Yeah. Which other ones? If you know off the top um, of your head. <laughs> Leia, and then Thrawn. I've heard um, that one's really good, too. It's real intense. Um, and actually, I had already read the Thrawn trilogy, which is technically not in canon anymore. Okay. Um, it's part of, like, the previous extended universe, and it's super interesting, but this one was more about how Thrawn came to be, and it was super interesting. Um, and then there was another one that I don't remember what it was. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now, and it's not readily apparent. I know they just came out with, uh, this past Christmas, it was the 40 short stories for the 40th anniversary. Uh, Wasn't Griffin McElroy one of the off- he authors is. in that? He is one of the authors in that. I need to... I, I bought it as Christmas presents, did not buy myself a copy for whatever reason. So... <laughs> I've heard it's fantastic, though. Um, And I think Claudia Gray also does a story in it as well. Probably. Um, I got, um, I think it was for Christmas, uh, Star Wars Tarkin by James Luceno. That one was pretty good. It was just about Tarkin, like, growing up, uh, his family and stuff like that. It was, I really like that one a lot. I need to find that one. I was on the fence about the extended universe and this book definitely pushed me into liking it. I was a big fan of this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we were we were talking the other night about how it's been really good. We've had a lot of really great books that we like, yeah. this one included. <laughs> um, that we're probably doomed to have one that we don't soon. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you guys happen. are brave letting, letting the guests pick the book. That is... <laughs> something well we at least try to you know have a little say in it <laughs> it's That's not true. much yeah <laughs> so i went into this a little worried because star wars is so political despite what a lot of people seem to think um that this was going to kind of become a little like the prequels or that i was going to have to do a lot of research to, un- to understand the governments and everything because because it is almost entirely focused on what the Senate's been doing post 
original movies pre-new trilogy. Uh, yes. And thank God they named them centralist and populist. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're never subtle. They no. never need to. It's, it's right. fine. And that is helpful. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> um, Leia is our main character, and I put her at roughly forty nine. Um, because there was a mention of her being nineteen when her planet was destroyed, and then a mention of not hear hearing her father's voice for thirty years. Mm. So, if I'm wrong, someone politely can tell me. I don't mind, but it makes it even more badass to think of this forty nine year old woman running around, having these adventures that she does in this book. Seriously, because <laughs> she does Agreed. not sit still. Nope. Um, there's blasters, there's running, there's <laughs> I don't, explosions. It's insane. It's fun. Espionage. <laughs> <It's> always fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So this, again, takes place before The Force Awakens. Um, so at this point, Leia is a senator, and she's getting kind of tired of politics. Uh, basically, the Senate is divided into the populists and the centrists. The centrists believe in a stronger galactic government and more in a more powerful military, whereas the populists believe the individual planet should have, you know, almost all authority. And the Senate seems to stall out a bit because of these differences. They can't find a middle ground, and Leia's just she's getting fed up with it after all these years. Uh, there's mention of her son Ben being with Luke, which is like, oh, my heartstrings. <laughs> and the first time Han pops up was also like, oh, my heartstrings. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I think I, I don't think I wrote much down about the very beginning. I can't remember if there, I feel like there was one. It started off with them arguing about, oh, no, it starts off with them um, dedicating. Uh, like a monument to to her dad or yeah her dad Bail Organa um, this is like one thing that the populace and the centrists can all agree of, agree on is this and celebrating this man basically which I thought was kind of nice it's nice and also part of me was like if he had lived would this have been so much of a selling point for both sides or are we both just like idolizing him not that that's necessarily bad but uh, I also did have a question about why it took so long to get built. <laughs> <laughs> well, as but, is clearly you know. established, the Senate can't get anything done. Uh, yeah, it took, this is very it took true. Thirty years <laughs> to build a statue. <laughs> this is very true. They, it. I don't know how many people are actually in the Senate, but it is amusing. Yeah. Like the imagery of how they set this up is like one person kind of comes into like a hovercraft in the middle and is talking and then like i guess you summon a droid to so you can talk kind of thing it's very weird well like if you think about the imagery from the prequels like it looks like thousands of people that's what i was the size of that chamber yeah that is true yeah yeah that i think has et's in one of the movies there's like a bunch, like three ETs in one of the Shut pods. up. And I only really? know this because of my husband and our best friend who are <laughs> giant Star Wars fans. Oh my God, I have to Google this now. Pointed this well, out right to now. mock it. Yeah, it, I don't remember which one, but it's one of the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. That's adorable. Yeah. 
But yeah, that's what um, I, that's exactly the 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 scene that I was picturing was this gigantic room that can fit thousands with the pods that move and disclaimer i'm probably gonna pronounce some names wrong <laughs> just uh, i listened to this little, out there um, audiobook just oh, to <laughs> make thinking. sure that uh some of these names because yeah i did the same thing i went well that's fun where's the yeah. audiobook <laughs> <laughs> which by the way uh, highly recommend i am okay. um, I did one of her previous books on audiobooks, which was fun because the main characters, one is Russian and one is American, but her parents are British. Mm-hmm. So in these alternate universes, sometimes they're actually Russian, sometimes they're British. So like the um, the audiobook reader does the different accents and things. So this had like Star Wars music to the point that like I turned to the woman on the subway and was like, are you singing? And then I realized it was in the background of the audiobook. Because I'm just on the subway, you never know. You don't ever know. But I was just like, could she stop? And then I was like, oh shit. (laughs) But they do the, you know, big swelling Star Wars music when it's needed and the Darth Vader when it's, you know, talking mm. about him. And mm-hmm. so highly recommend to anybody. Okay. Mm. Yeah. That was a really good idea to do it too for the pronunciation. I'm mad. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I'm so bad. If anything is I'm so yeah. bad at names. Like the main well, bad guy. I'm like, uh, <laughs> Rin, Riven. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I only wrote lady. And now I can't even read my handwriting. Oh, Carice. Carice. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why. Every time I saw her name spelled out, I just my brain jumped to Lando. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, oh, there's an L and there's it's, a C. Exactly. A yes. <laughs> I have Donald Glover on the brain. <laughs> it is perfect timing for that. Yeah. yeah. I do wish he had showed up. I, I mean, he is mentioned throughout the book. Yeah. Um, as a nice, like, hey, they mended fences at some point. Yeah. So that's all good. But, but yeah. I think that um, Mark Hamill's, like, trying to start a petition to get Lando in the third, the the ninth, third, whatever one you want to call okay. it, maybe. Yeah. Next. Yes. The next. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be cool. Agreed. So Leia decides that she's going to quit. She wants to basically retire from the Senate, spend her time flying around with Han, who he does races and he oversees the five savers, which a, a race, <laughs> my understanding of it. Um, but he's not with her. He's off doing that, basically. And then things really start to kick off when, this is where the pronunciation is going to come in, uh, Yendor, who is a Twi'lek, comes to the Senate. Sounds good to me. <laughs> I think it's a Twi'lek, but I could be wrong. <laughs> um, comes to the Senate and tells them about a bad guy basically leading a cartel who's pressuring um, people on his planet for protection money, raiding pilots, that sort of thing. That guy's name, this is the name I should have looked up. Rin Riven? D? Sounds Die. right. Sounds right, yeah. 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 And his race, Nikdo? 
There's a lot of guessing on my end on how to pr- pronounce a lot of this. <laughs> Be confident. Um, oh, I'm trying. I should, you know, I should have called my friend George because he would have known how. But like, I just need you to run down and tell me how to pronounce all this stuff. <laughs> um. So Yendor is upset because there had been all these promises by the New Republic that they would patrol the ship, the shipping lanes, and have regulations in place, and that stuff just hasn't happened. Um, and he also says that the bad guy, Rin Riven D, we'll say, is operating on a planet Bastatha. So Leia decides that that's where she's going to go. She still wants to quit the Senate, but if she can do some good and get this planet, you know, get this guy out of the picture, get him taken care of, sort of, um, do some good on her way out, basically. That's her goal. Um, she, if you couldn't have guessed, identifies as a populist. And one of the century, I mean, you kind of knew. <laughs> one of, I know. One of the centrists, uh, Ransom Casterfo, speaks up yeah. and says he's going to go with her. Uh, he's, he's, he's described kind of as like an up and coming centrist, um, younger on the younger side and really trying to make a name for himself. She's immediately annoyed because she's like, this is just going to turn into a babysitting gig. <laughs> she's not happy about it. Um, I can't remember if this is where we first see Lady, um, what's her name? Um, Carice. Yeah, she kind of pops yeah. up just as like, uh, she's kind of around and, and um, is this when she asks about the the governor role? I or maybe. think she does before they go to Bastatha. I think she does mention it. Um, There's a lot of traveling in this see. back and forth between like there five is. planets. So And very quickly yeah. too. <laughs> yes. Um, but basically she does approach Leia about taking over um, governorship of a planet because the, I forget his name, I don't remember, but when he passed away, he didn't have any children, so it would go to Leia next. Because she has royal down. blood. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which Carice is, like, pretty into. Yeah, she... Yeah. I was trying to think who exactly she reminded me of, um, and I still haven't quite, like, put my finger on what character mm. and what book it is, but, like... She has no purpose in the Senate other than the fact that she, quote unquote, has noble blood, which she might not even really have. Like, maybe she just has the title. Yeah. She's just, like, very into, like, the old traditions and formalities and, like, doesn't get why other people aren't as respectful of that as she is. Yes. Like, everybody should be bowing down to her. And why aren't they? Right. And that Leia doesn't seem to put much stock in it, and she's and Lady Carice is very offended by this. She just doesn't understand why. <laughs> and she calls Princess Leia Princess Leia, whereas most people will address yes. her as a senator. Um, I also yeah. liked. Uh, I was I was looking at a few things online, and uh, the author was pic- picturing Jamie Chung for Lady Carissa Carice. Sorry, um, which I kind of loved, like. She has just enough of the mischievous but uppity look that I thought really balanced well with the character. So, I'm, and if you don't know who she is, I can send you a picture. <laughs> I was gonna say I have to look her up. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Like, 
just prim enough, but still enough of a mischievous side that you're like, oh yeah, you're getting into trouble. It's like an undercurrent of oh. maybe evil. Exactly, yes. I know her. What do I know her from? She's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So apparently she pictured Tom Hiddleston for Ransom um, Hysterical. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I am immediately on board. <laughs> I feel like my image of him was a little bit more like a guy named Chad. Like, <laughs> who wears, like, golf shorts. Oh my gosh. See, my first yeah. image was to immediately go to make sure that uh, the uh, the Gleason boy, Gleason, yeah, that's not who his character actually is. Oh, yeah. Because it was like, is this who he becomes? Is he... That would have been such a bummer. Oh, uh, it would have been, yes. I, like, really hesitated to like him. Yeah. Um, and then... Oh, and, like, I hated him to start with because yeah. early on, like, the first thing that Leia does is go see him in his office and he's got all these artifacts of the old empire and i was like oh you are a fucking gross alt writer you're yes. Yes. fucking on reddit and you are <laughs> chancellor I hate you. and yes maybe an incel you're carrying a tiki torch i am not here for it and i feel Absolutely. like any yes. other author would have gone further down that line with him but i really actually like this line she creates with him where he's misguided enough but ultimately has a good heart yeah and you know there are plenty of people that are supporting things that they shouldn't despite the fact that like what they're supporting is kind of what kind of killed their parents or maybe sold them into slavery if you look at his background you know right which it's interesting to when we do learn more about his background but i feel like Anyone with half a brain might understand why Princess Leia, of all people, or Senator Organa, would not be a fan of walking into a room with stormtrooper helmets and, like, all of the the banners, like the the Emperor's banner flag or whatever he had. I felt like that whole scene was directly lifted from, like, a black kid walking into a dorm room that had a confederate flag yeah yes exactly and then like the person being like i don't get it it's just about history Mm. and i was like this is so uncomfortable please stop (laughs) that is such a good comparison (laughs) that is a great comparison and also so cringeworthy because you know that there are plenty of kids that do this Mm -hmm. well and the thing that like i found super interesting about it was that the original trilogy was very like oh there's a bad guy and it's paralleling the bad guys that we're thinking of right now we're thinking of like nazis and that it was paralleling that and now as we're moving into like this sort of neo-nazi life that we have now (laughs) with people doing weird neo-nazi things like the series is evolving its bad guys to fit the bad guys of our actual lifespan exactly and i find that like super fascinating yet star wars was not political and in the 70s, No, guys. no. <laughs> Not at all. Mm-hmm. Not at all. How dare The Last Jedi get political for the first time in a Star Wars movie. Anyways. The first time ever. <laughs> it was just about a rebellion, you guys. I there know. was no politics. No. Not at all. What were they Nobody rebelling against? Re- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Stuff? 
<laughs> a big globe thing. <laughs> that that was the real enemy. <laughs> yeah, was uh, was that big space station? Yeah, so not, really, not that's what we all thing. know about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which there was at least one planet that thought it was a moon. Plus. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, I also did t- like to. Um, so the book does talk a lot about, or a little bit about the different etiquette, and that basically proper etiquette would have been for Casterfo Cast- to go to uh, Leia's office, and she mm-hmm. decided, nope, I'm gonna go to him while he's not expecting it because I want to catch him off guard and figure out more about who he is. And then she walked into the <laughs> Empire Museum, basically, and it didn't. I don't think it went well. <laughs> It did not go well. No, 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 no. As you would expect. There was some arguing. <laughs> um, but they do end up going to Pastatha. Um, she, they do get an escort who has the best name, Joff Seastriker. I love his last name so much. That's pretty good. <laughs> I liked him too. And uh, she picked her, what's his name from Hunger Games? Oh, shit. Peter from Hunger Games. Oh. Josh something. Know. Anyway, yes. Hutchinson, Hutchinson, no. Yes. Yeah, anyway. I think that's right, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, I think it is, okay. Which I thought was kind of perfect, like, just enough excitement, but also can be tough if needed. I don't know, I'm just entirely thinking of PETA now. <laughs> uh, um, sorry to derail. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, so... Joff Seastriker, I did like the description of his planet, uh, Gatalenta. Basically, it's known for tea, meditation retreats, and poetry. Like, I want to go on vacation to this planet, please. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Whereas he, of course, as a kid, was like, I got to get off this planet. I need more excitement (laughs) in my life. (laughs) Uh, So he's very excited to be leading them, you know, on this mission. He's hoping for more missions. Uh, Bastatha is a planet where the surface is actually uninhabitable, so it's uh, everything is underground. Um, I really liked so when they first go and they meet people, the people there, and they're talking and everything. Uh, when Leia wants to play Sabacc, I think it is at the casino, and Casterfo is just scandalized that she wants to play cards, that she wants to gamble, <laughs> or I don't know if it's cards, but she wants to gamble in this casino, and he just. I don't know. <laughs> like, He's loosen up, kid. They're so distraught. Right. Like, there's, she has reasons for everything that she does, but also, could you just relax for a second? <laughs> like, and then he's, like, afraid that they're going to take all of her money, and then she yep. starts taking all of their money, and he's Ooh, like, well, yeah. that's even ruder. And she's like, do you not understand I have the respect of everybody in this room right now? Right. Like, get off my back. Right. And she was using this opportunity to kind of get the lay of the land, scope people out. She notices some suspicious looking people who are trying to go unnoticed, but are doing it very obviously. Um, And then what she ends up doing with her drinks is buying everybody at the casino drinks or with her winnings. She buys everyone drinks, which I thought was good because of course she's not going to take the winnings and leave. (laughs) (laughs) She has a plan. No, and it is perfect. She won all this money and then immediately put it back into their economy. And how can you not just vote Leia for everything? Right. <laughs> um, 
this would also be where I got super annoyed at Kisterfo is I think it was on their way back to the ship. That's when he calls the rebels terrorists and that what they did were yeah. terrorist attacks. And I was like, what are you saying? Which is exactly what the Empire viewed it as. Right. But now he's calling he's calling Leia a terrorist to her face. And I feel like yeah. he wasn't remembering her role in all of this. No. In that you're basically you're saying they're terrorists. Fine. You're calling this person that you're talking to a terrorist. This person who has, like, high respect in your government and is considered a war hero. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So good job. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And she- it was interesting, though, because he kept bringing up, like, oh, think about all of the thousands of people who died on the Death Star. And I was like, huh. I mean, I still don't think they're terrorists. But yes, I had not considered the fact that there were many people who would be on right. that. In the movies, it's just like, oh, sweet, they won. Cool. And then this this book brings a little bit more nuance to it. Like, well, there is actually a human cost to war. Remember? Right. Let's think about that. And not even one-sided. It is both sides that take the casualties. Yeah. Because um, Leia turns it around and is like, well, what about literally everyone on my planet? Exactly. Literally every single person. Every animal. Exactly. Everything. That planet is gone. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. And I had to watch it. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I, uh... Did she is this when she tells him that he would have been a stormtrooper or something along those lines? Uh, I don't. Oh, so, yeah. She says it to her. Uh, are they technically her assistants? So um, she has an intern. Yes. And then she yep. has a Greer, who I think Greer is like. <laughs> I, I I think it's like technically like that's her job description, but yeah. I also think it is like her family best friend. Yes, very close. So. And like her pilot and a bunch She's of other like, stuff. Yeah. yeah. But she tells them, she says something to them at one point. Like, couldn't you just see him in a, in an, either in an Imperial something or in a oh, that's right. or in she something. Does, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But because then later on at one point Greer says like, or thinks cause she, that she can't get that image now out of her head that she could right. picture him in an Empire-like uh, related outfit. Oof. But yeah, she ends up storming off after he calls her a terrorist. Um, and then an overreaction, you know? Yeah, yeah. How <laughs> this, dare she? Come on. <laughs> oh, and this is where she like goes into a room and basically like someone stands and watches guard like while she kind of paces and like burns out the anger. I just it was a really great scene. Yeah. Just like this I woman Greer... has gone through so much. Yeah. Was it Greer or was it the other yeah. one? Yeah, I think um, Greer was standing at the door waiting for her and could tell something okay. was wrong knew not to press it and just was exactly like, yeah you're gonna go yeah i don't know if they brought cor cory the intern because she's like 16 i don't know if they brought her on this yeah mission. i think they left her for this one she yeah. kind of popped up out of nowhere for me and i was like when did we meet you like i honestly just at some point was like we have a fourth person okay <laughs> i don't she's know where now. you came from you're 16 and then now you're yelling at Leia. Okay. Like, yeah. who are you? So I also had questions too, because at the beginning it talks a lot about uh, basically the one person who could get the populace and the centrist to work together a bit was Mon Mothma. And uh-huh. in her absence or in her, with her not being there, but I was like, where the hell did she go? Because I feel like the book didn't say, like she didn't die. I think she was, she was ill. She Ill. Okay. had like That's some sort right. of serious sickness. Yeah. Okay. I meant to go back and look, but all right. Yeah. Mm. 
So Leia ends up getting a dinner invite from Riven D, the cartel leader, basically. Um, she decides she's going to go again because Derfo is just beside himself. No, you can't go. This is obviously. Oh, wait. Is it meeting with Yeah, him? he yeah. was like, this yeah. is a horrible choice. Yeah. Don't do this. Yeah. But it was just like, really, you don't think that she is like 20 steps ahead of everyone right. at this point. Like, yeah. All the terrorist attacks that she planned. I mean, come on. <laughs> but it's, it's, I guess. In a way, he's our age, and it's like looking at our parents and being like, sure, at some point you were great, but times have changed, and like you don't think well enough, and then <laughs> our parents being like, shut your damn mouth and watch right. me work, kind of thing. Right, right. watch me work. <laughs> Sorry, I just had a moment of just like, oh god, no, this is because my mother's in her mid-40s, and this is exactly kind of what it's like. And my mother still can run circles around me in, in certain things. So my mom had almost single-handedly taken down the empire. I think I'd be like, you can do what you like, want. Oh, that's what you're going to do. You clearly have something else going on. I support you. What do you need me to Go do? Go for it. Exactly. <laughs> and yet, he poor Leia. No. He thinks he knows every damn thing. Yeah. Um, they, she does end up, uh, her escort, they do end up getting uh, kidnapped. It's like a whole show of, you know, because the people are obviously in this guy's pocket. Like, it's a whole show right. of them getting taken by them and her taken away. And the guy is very um, cordial, I guess you could say, when they sit down and actually talk. Um, he respects her. Again, she has the respect of everybody. He respects her because they had discovered basically a hologram of her killing Jabba the Hutt, and the Hutts had really oppressed his people. So she is known as Hutt Slayer, and everybody, they all love her, love and it. I really liked that uh, nickname. I love it. <laughs> yes. I also really liked the scene where she's looking at the hologram. Yes. Apparently it's the first time she's seen it happen. Right. And she's not happy, but she's not upset. She's just kind of like, yeah, that's a thing I did. And I'm just like... Right. How do you get to on this mental level? Like, <laughs> it was actually like super interesting because like if you you're thinking of like okay she was what like eighteen when that happened this super traumatic thing like mm -hmm. I'm sure that her memory of it is just so disconnected yeah and it made a lot of sense to me that it was like this really distant thing for her that didn't feel super real right and then she saw it and was like oh damn yeah. I'm a pass. <laughs> That is the perfect way, yes. Yes. He does end up giving her the hologram, too. Um, but I did get a little bit worried because when they were talking, he basically tries to bribe her into kind of looking the other way as he does his thing. But if, at one point while they're talking, he kind of implies that Han might still be involved in smuggling spice. And I was very worried that that's where this was going to go somewhere <laughs> in the book. They were going to find out, no, he's not overseeing this race. He's actually still doing some smuggling. Yeah, it is a little hard to understand from just the movie, The Force Awakens, like what Han and Leia's relationship even is. Because if you had told me like they got space divorced or whatever, but they're still amicable, I don't think it would have changed my viewpoint of how they interact in that movie at all. So getting this background of like, they're married. They're happy. She's actually ready to kind of settle down with him finally, which 
may or may not be what's keeping them from, you know, fighting all the time. But it's, I don't know, it was a really cool dynamic to see the relationship in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't what I expected at all. Yeah. Because, like, they didn't live together. They were separated for, like, vast stretches of time as he yeah. was off doing his business. She was in the Senate. Um which wasn't, you know, if I were to be like, oh, well, they got together, they, they were married and they were together for however many years, I'm sure I would have imagined, oh, they were physically together. Right. And that was not how it was. Right. Yeah. This book also tries really hard to get me to like Han, who I already have very mixed feelings about. Um, <laughs> book Han, I like. Movie Han, still haven't decided. I was a little disappointed in book Han at one point, which we will get to. Okay. But yeah, I did there was I did like their interactions when they, you know, uh I don't know what else to call it, so we'll say Skyped. <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was the finally the fact that like he said he loved her and I was like, okay, as long as it's like he's still cool and aloof, it feels like, but also there's a warm undercurrent of actual love. Yeah. So. He feels a little bit like the like the the biker who has outgrown it a little bit. Yeah. And it's like, no, I swear I'm still cool, but <laughs> also I go home and like cuddle with my cats and make my wife dinner. <laughs> but I'm still cool. That is a yes. <laughs> I can see him doing yes. that. <laughs> so Leia's meeting with Ren Riven D gets interrupted because Casterfo comes to save her. And the description from nothing. Right. The description of her being so astounded, appalled, confused, flabbergasted, and angry all at once was the best. <laughs> and the bad guy actually was just kind of sitting there looking kind of amused as well, because it's this one guy just coming in and trying to save the day. <laughs> when everybody else in the room is like we all know what's going on here. <laughs> like, yeah, she's like, right. excuse me, I was having a perfectly reasonable conversation. Right. <laughs> I was learning some stuff. Right. He gave her a gift, the hologram, like yeah. things were going okay. <laughs> Hot Slayer is killing it over yes. here. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, and Hot Slayer also had a tracker in her necklace, so if she got into trouble, she could press that and then her team could come and get her. Because again, it's this underground city. Um... And then when she tells Kastera for that, he's very upset. He's like, basically, he did this for nothing. And she's like, yeah, I didn't tell you. I don't trust you. <laughs> Stormtrooper helmets all across your office. <laughs> exactly. But this is the turning point for them. Something about him yeah. saving her he's a makes good her pilot like him. When they're yeah. fleeing, he keeps his cool to get them out. She has a blaster and is shooting at the, the pursuers like... They have a good bonding moment in the getting away part. Let's be honest. Leia has a type. Everybody does. (laughs) It's it's good. It's all good. Like there's even a moment somewhere in this book that's like, there were no romantic feelings, but she's totally checking him out. And I was like, (laughs) so much. (laughs) Because I'm like, this is the vibe I'm getting. And then the book was like, no, 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 you're on the right page. It's okay. Yeah. She's like, I'm old enough to be your mom, but you still have a nice ass. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, this is the, yeah, turning point for them. And, and 
could have prevented all three new movies coming out. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so they end up getting out of there um, and going back to the Senate and uh, reporting on their findings. Lady Carice says that they found, oh, what did she say? She said something about them finding so little and not, I think not being super concerned with this complaint about this cartel. It must not be that big of a deal. And I was like, and I don't trust you. I think you are a bad guy. <laughs> You're so you're good at picking out bad guys. I'm so bad at this. Never trust a monarchist. This is true. That, this is fair. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Just something to keep in the back of your mind. <laughs> I was like, is Castelfro too obvious? And then when they kind of, you know, bonded as they fled, I was like, mm, okay, maybe, maybe you will be okay. <laughs> yeah, I was having a hard time trying to decide if I wanted him to be okay or not. I didn't want him to be okay. I was like, no, I don't like you. <laughs> and I'm angry that you're okay. So I'm going to continue hating you until like the very end of the book. I was like, fine. I guess you're okay. <laughs> too little, too late. It's all your fault. <laughs> you have stormtrooper masks. I hate you. That is very strange. <laughs> I mean, yes, and his, why? His reasoning is not logical. Like I'm, I know they try to justify it a few times, and even still, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. No, yeah, I mean, I think I can kind of understand it insofar as within the centrists, there is this interest in the Empire, and as an up-and-coming centrist, Fair it point. kind of makes sense that he might be into that, but that's not really the stated reason that they give. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't really get it. I don't either. His whole thing about one good leader could do a good job. Um, sure. Okay. How do you okay, guarantee cool. that this will be a good leader? Because exactly. Satine had a bunch bunch of people fooled for a very long time. Exactly. Like, <sighs> doesn't make I get too because he's both him and Leia are frustrated with the lack of movement in the government with getting things done. They just they do differ on how to solve that problem he thinks they do need right. one i almost said supreme leader but i was like that's not what he said <laughs> but that's what and i think there is like a middle ground here you know right. like a president is different from gotta be a dictator right. yeah because right. am i wrong they're trying to run the senate almost as a democracy or a representative democracy there is no one rule there also are no other branches or anything to kind of balance it out and this that's i'm not missing anything there right like no i think that's right and like <laughs> there have been a lot of things where they've like reacted to the way that things used to happen in the senate right. so that they were like i think they said something about like oh we don't use the same pods that we used to in the senate right because that makes it look like we're unequal in some way and so we need to make sure that everything looks exactly the way that we want it to and it sounds like they've maybe overcompensated. Definitely. Or like yeah. You have to have so many people vote just so that you can speak, which we learn eventually. Yeah. Yes. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even when they vote, it's like color coded, right? Like, you know who mm -hmm. that 
you, you can't be on the fence. You are either, no, you can be, sorry. You could be one or two, which one I think is red and one is green, or maybe I'm wrong there. And then, like, if you're undecided, who kind of have the power and why they don't kind of rise up in this, whatever. Um, but they all vote with a yellow color. Hmm. So, which we learn when, uh, when the centralists get their big moments in the in the Senate. Mm, yeah. Which starts everything downhill. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> so Leia ends up sending Greer on a secret mission that Joff or Sea Striker ends up overhearing and commenting <laughs> on. He ends up going with her and he's very excited. Um, they're going to go to her home planet of Pamarth because about it being related to Daxum 4, which is where the suspicious people at the casino were from. Um, There's a lot of planets. Th- yeah, there are a, lot of the- planets. a lot of ties to different <laughs> planets. <laughs> Although I did really like um, when they get to Pamarth. Uh, how comfortable she is being back even though it's been a while since she's been there like on the bridge where Joff feels like he's going to be seasick he thinks he's going to fall off this bridge he's going to die where she's just like it's fine just keep going um, <laughs> Greer is baller I love yeah, Greer yes. Very, and yes. I, the whole time I'm like what's your story what's your story because she clearly she was, she's a pilot uh, she won the junior races the races that Han oversees and so she knows him which Joff is just like, oh my god, you know Captain Solo. (laughs) And she like very suddenly dropped out of her racing career, even though she was very promising, and like Han got her the job, and it's sort of like, nobody asked me why I don't race anymore. Right. 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 But she's definitely still a badass, and also when they go to that bar on Pamarth, um, the bartender wants Joff to take, or to drink uh, Port in a Storm, which is apparently a very, very hardcore drink. That, I uh, love <laughs> the description of it but because she's from there she knows how to take it she takes it and then they're just accepted as being locals basically mm-hmm. uh, let's see what else yeah kind of like the movies there's a lot of like lots of people on different planets doing different things right yes <laughs> But every time I was always worried, like, please get back okay. <laughs> yes. Well, and and especially because we don't know these characters. We're like, I don't know if you survive. Right. <laughs> Which is where it's immediately All of like, you are disposable. Exactly. My first thought about Kasterpa was like, I don't remember seeing your name in The Force yep. Awakens. So I don't know how you're yeah. going to do. Yeah. Uh, I There's a part of me. It happened in the uh, Rogue One movie, too. We're like, three-fourths of the way, I was like, shit, everybody's going to die. <laughs> like, this is going to happen to me again, right? Oh, man. And because yeah. none of them are in the movie, so... <sighs> I went into that movie assuming it was that everyone was going to die and still ended up bawling at the end. <laughs> oh, I had no idea what Rogue One was about. I just went in. Just like, yeah, I don't think I really had much background either. Yeah. I was just like, wee! I think it's a prequel of some sort. Yeah. Once I knew it was before episode four, I was like, ooh, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I didn't realize, like, how before episode four it was. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. It was right before. Right before. (laughs) Yeah. Tough stuff. (laughs) 
Very much so. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is also, too, when Lady Carice, um she approaches Leia again about the governorship of Beren, I think the planet is. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, oh, when are you going to go for your coronation? And Leia's just like, I don't, I don't have time for this. So she, because Lady Carice is also, also as noble blood, she's like, you can take it, basically. You do this. You be the gun. I feel like... I was picturing Lady Carice's response like, me? Like, you don't say. Like, this is clearly what you were going for. Yes. Yes. Well, and I think Leia was also like, I'll just get you out of the Senate for a while. Just go away. She sends her on her way with some zingers, too. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, God. Let me see. I took, I wrote down the page number because there was like just some little barbs that are, that were cloaked in, casual conversation i guess you could say <laughs> um because by then lady carice is you know everyone's pretty sure that they're gonna want leia to be the populist candidate wait right yeah because they basically have decided they need one leader or the centrists really are pushed have pushed for it um yeah which was a kind of an interesting scene because it's lady carice that says it yes and everybody's and then, like no what this is ridiculous hysterical backs her up too right and then they demand a vote on it in that moment and it gets it that they they need to now pick candidates and vote for one leader right um and the populists you know i mean leia's the obvious choice uh, <laughs> but the centrists can't um there are multiple centrists who would have interest in this in that role. And Leia says something like, where is it? I was just going to say, it was similar. It reminded me of uh, the Republican Party threw up. They had, what, I think 12 nominations at one point? Oh my god, yes. And then uh, when Democrats had a few, but it got down to basically two. Um, but, when Hillary was like always the front runner. Exactly, right. yeah. And then yet... The, <laughs> don't even know if I can name all of the Republican ones now, but there was at least 12 at one point. Now I'm just imagining Hillary's emails as the equivalent of Leia's parentage. Oh my god. Uh, (laughs) uh, Oh, bless. Parallels. Oh, god. (laughs) Leia basically, when she declines to take the governorship, it's because she doesn't want to be away from the Senate for so long because there's like a whole coronation process and whatever. Um... But then she says, looks like the centrists won't have a candidate to field for quite some time. Um, and uh, that it's not as if five or six or even ten centrists were fighting it out to be the candidate, which there were, because <laughs> they all wanted to, to do it. Um, after all, yours is the party that values control. What better proof of that can there be than self-control? <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. To which Lady Carice cannot say anything, because... What, what do you say to that? Because you can't. Exactly. <laughs> you would She's have... too busy applying ice to her burn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Ugh. is Lady Carice the only person that cares about this coronation? Am I wrong on that? I feel like later... Oh, no. Nope. Totally. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, I'm pretty sure even the people on the planet are like, um, yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> yes. There was something, like, I think, about the elders or uh, someone who was just like, sure, <laughs> we'll do yeah. it because we have like, to. This is more a... Uh, 
like an honorary title. It's not a yes, big deal. Right. Yeah. And she feels that it will give her like actual weight in the Senate because she literally only has the title lady. It's like if I named my dog Sir Charlie. And then he walked around being like, I'm a sir. And so thus you must all treat me with the respect. And it's like, well, should we really? Okay. I mean, we should treat all dogs with respect. Yes. Yes. (laughs) They are very good. I have no idea where he is. I went to turn around. He's usually (laughs) watching and he's not to be found. All right. Well, (laughs) it's Friday night. It's a lot of fun, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I know my dog is at my dad's because we're going to Rhode Island tomorrow. Oh, that's right. He's not here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's probably having fun, though. (laughs) Oh, let's see. So the next thing I had was about the breakfast meeting that the populists put together. Um, Leia goes to take her seat and there is a note on her plate that says run. She immediately is like, we got to get out of here, trying to impress upon people the urgency of the situation. Um, And I get why some people were just like, what do you mean? Why? Because they, one, I don't, they all didn't see the note. But two, even if they had it, I don't know, it wouldn't have necessarily (laughs) dawned on everyone there the way that it did for her just because of her background, her history with what she's gone through. It also seems to imply that she, because it talks a lot about her having a bad feeling and not feeling right and feeling off. And like, um, I think this was also around the time someone asked her, like, do you have any um, sense of the force or whatever it is? Like, can you any interest in being a Jedi? Right. And it's, you know, just a nice reminder that Leia is not a Jedi, but she is badass and also has this access to the force that apparently just runs really strong through her family. Yeah. So. And like there have been, I think some other possibly not in what is currently accepted as Canon, but in the extended universe, some instances of Leia using the force. Right. As well as in um, the last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's pretty established that even though she doesn't tap into it very often, it's, it's for reals. Yeah. To add another bo- notch to that uh, coolness. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Plus, she gets most she gets the people out of the building um, because then a bomb does go off, which I did immediately. It was like, oh, this is after Lady Carice left. Really, <laughs> really. <laughs> oh, see, I was sitting there. I was just like, I don't know who did this. I mean, <laughs> this is not I good. all populists who were in that. Exactly. Well, yeah. And. <laughs> Leah had those zingers for her before. <laughs> this is very true. Yes. I'm so bad at picking out the bad guy. I know. I mean, I also was suspicious of Corey as well, only because when the bomb goes off, it cuts to Greer and Corey walking yes. and then the bomb outside and then the bomb going off and Greer gets more messed up. Corey seems to get thrown free. And I was like, did you know how far to be standing away? I was, I'm just, I was very <laughs> suspicious of her too. <laughs> Because we didn't really spend a lot of time with her, and you know, <laughs> I feel like they just wanted Greer to be in pain. I don't like. Yeah, yeah. She was a very sympathetic character in the way of like, oh, she tries really hard and she's really strong, but somehow she always ends up getting fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Poor Greer. But then she immediately was I like, know. "We gotta find. We have to find Leia." So, and they did. She was fine. Um, they did have to go into the Bacta tank. Which apparently fixes everything. 
Yeah, yeah. Fax is pretty baller. Yeah. That was uh, new to me. But I guess that's also the thing that um, What's-His-Name was in at the beginning of Finn, in the beginning of uh, yep. The Last Jedi. So that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. I feel like I may have skipped something. But the next thing I have is about Greer and Caserfo going to Daxum 4. Um, Between... No, because she goes in and... No, yeah, I think that is what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, like, there's a bunch of hullabaloo after the the bombing, which they call the napkin bombing, and everybody's like, oh, who did it? Maybe it was centrists trying to go after the populists, or they were just trying to get sympathy or whatever. Um, But Leia wants to continue with the investigation. Right. And that was actually, I think, one of the things she says right away is that this is going to just screw the Senate even more with the finger pointing that that's all they're going to focus on. And she's right. Because somehow everybody can come up with a way that it's somebody else's fault. Exactly. Right. right. And the different news channels and which um, which side they oh, yeah, take, which spin that. they put. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was super interesting how she was like, oh, depending on which channel you watch, you know exactly what they're going to say. Right. Which makes sense. Like, yeah. Familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of uh, during the elections when um, – Something burned down. I feel like it was a uh, was a Republican. Um, wasn't a place for voting, but it was like a call center kind of thing, and that uh, they blamed the it may not have been Republican, but they blamed the other side, and the other side blamed that they did it to themselves because nobody got injured, so because mm-hmm. nobody was in the building. Yeah. Right. This book strangely lines up quite a bit with it does. the current environment. It's a <laughs> yeah. little scary, actually. Yeah, especially because this came out before 2017. Yes, yeah. this wasn't a manual. <laughs> Just remember, please stop, exactly. everyone. Right. Yes. Oh. Oh man. So Greer and Casterfa end up going to Daxum Four. Uh, this part like okay this is the only time this that your empire relic obsession will be helpful is because he obviously collects a lot of this stuff so he's out there trying to collect more um and he finds out that there is uh he can get the helmet of one of the emperor's personal guards so he buys that but it basically lets them get to daxon for um and they end up the person who's selling it is the woman, she was one of the people, the suspicious people at the casino from back at the beginning on um, on Bastatha. Mm-hmm. So Greer's flying around and she finds that they're called the Amaxine Warriors, that they are very organized. And then we also get to see just how organized they are, that they're not just some little group of, uh, you know, people just out there to harass other pilots and stuff that they definitely have training. Um, Sterfo ends up fighting one of them with a force pike. Um, I forget the woman's name. Oh, there. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. She's the only one I didn't write down. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I found my notes where the name is. This is hard. Arlie's Hadrasian. That's actually, oh, yeah, okay. that was good. Yeah. yeah. About that. Um, she thinks that this guy is is on her side. Um, he clearly has the obsession with 
the Empire of Relics, and she thinks it then extends into trying to bring the Empire back. He plays along, basically. Um, she mentions having the Force Pike, and she's like, oh, yeah, here, let's, let's, let me show you what they train with. They train with, I think they train with the Force Pikes. And he ends up yeah. fighting a guy with it, which I was like, okay, I'm kind, I'm, I'm mildly impressed here because while he said that he studied the old holograms about how to use these things, he studied them and then also trained himself about how to use them. So he kicked right. this guy's ass, basically. <laughs> right. Which is like, if you think about it, that's fucking terrifying. Yes. It's like just doing a sparring match with something that can like cut your arm off if it glances it. Like, right. Yep. One wrong move. Yeah. yeah, and we find out They're like no, it's cool. She was uh, <laughs> fairly in the empire. Like she had met the uh, emperor, and um, I don't think they said quite what her position was. But like, you get the sense that this was not someone who she knew what the imp- empire was doing, and still was entirely on board. She yeah. be- she was a believer. There's a. There's, like, an interesting mix of people who are on sort of the bad side in this book, of people who were involved with the Empire and still believe in it, or people who are younger and sort of are like, that doesn't sound too bad, let's go back to that. Or people who are just like, I don't know, it seems too chaotic now, I'm okay with the Empire, I guess. So it's, I feel like it gives us a lot of viewpoints of how people can sort of fall prey to that bad viewpoint. Right. Um. Yeah, because we've got Casterfo, who, I mean, we actually do find out, like, his parents were slaves. He had to watch them basically work to death, and yet still thinks that there are parts of the Empire that should be brought back. Because he's pretty much decided that it's just Darth Vader that was the problem. Exactly, which is like, no, he was, at the end of the day, still a minion, but... I think we also figure out there's enough chatter that, like, Darth Vader is viewed as, like, could have been a separate emperor, almost, or whatever, which, you know, is actually fairly true, you know? Who knows if Darth Vader had decided he wanted to go on his own, what would have happened? But it's nowhere near just him. And that is a very misguided uh, viewpoint. Um, Yeah, the party scene later with all the uh, centralist was yeah quite uh disturbing mm-hmm. <laughs> um oh and then in the meantime too joff ends up hijacking the satellites to find the planet that rin riven d is on uh the theory being that the messages going from daxum 4 like they're going somewhere you know, back and forth. Um, and if they can hijack them for long enough with the help of three CPO, um, C three PO, obviously, um, then they would be able to trace to find out where he is. Um, they end up doing it. I feel like three PO is not super on board with wanting to do it though. No, he's never (laughs) on board with wanting to do anything. (laughs) Well, it wasn't this like beyond what they had been told to do. And so I was like, no, we can't disobey orders. Because, like, Leia's at a banquet or something during all this. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like a war hero yeah. thing. Like, she's yeah. just chilling. Right. Um, oh, because 
I can't remember exactly what Castelfo tells them to do, but basically Joff is like, no, I'm improving on his orders. And 3 feels <laughs> like, you can't improve on orders. That's not how this works. <laughs> oh, and because he's another senator, it. it technically yeah. cancels it out or something. <laughs> Logic. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but they end up doing it, which is good. Uh, let's see. They go right to the planet where he is, and that's when she has dinner with him? Uh, I don't remember. No, this was... Leia was not involved in this. But I feel like she was meeting up with the guy that called her the Hut Slayer Hutt during Slayer. this time. Yeah. To well, yeah, pass back the hologram. Yes. She invites him to dinner. Gives him back the hologram. He's actually upset about the Senate bombing and seems genuinely upset right. that someone did that. And she obviously that's kind of surprising. <laughs> Not really the reaction you would expect. Right. Because um, like when they go to investigate him, they kind of realize that he's not really small time, but in comparison, he is like, there's no way that someone right. of his, stature was able to just start up and make this much money like he doesn't have that kind of vibe so obviously he's got someone backing him and even still like he just wants to move things and have the senate turn a blind eye like he's not about destruction right which rules him out thankfully quickly We still don't like him, No, but he's probably not the mastermind. Right. <laughs> but you occasionally need some bad guys, and maybe this is who uh, is the guy that, that double-crosses um, Finn in The Last Jedi. I, was, I don't know why I put that connection together. I was like, maybe that's who these people are. Yeah. So. Um, there's a lot of cutscenes, okay. yeah. There are, no. yes. Because <laughs> Darfo um, does end up throwing that party that you were talking about with the other centrists. I don't remember why he threw the party, though. I think he was They'd... trying to feel them out. Yeah, yeah. I think that's they right. both kind of realized independently at the same time that someone in the Senate had to be part yeah. of the problem hmm. or, or was on, you know, was a a mole, I guess, for lack of a better yeah. term. Um, they, I think they had noticed that, like, all of the planets that had connections to Rin Riven were yes. centrist yes. planets. right. Yeah. And so they were like, alright, there's probably a centrist connection here somewhere, let's right. figure out what's going on. Yeah, because it's an impressive moment, because Leia's like, oh, I'm gonna have to convince him, this is gonna suck, and he's like, there's a mole, and it has to be a centralist. And she's like, cool, alright. <laughs> Convinced. So. Um, she, I do like I liked her kind of assessing Castarfo when talking about that, and just kind of showing the evolution a little bit of their relationship to where it's not just because if this had come up earlier in the book, she would have just thrown that out there and said, "Yep, it's one of your people that's doing this." <laughs> Whereas, right? Yeah. Now that things have progressed a little bit, she's like, "Oh." 
are you doing? And are you accepting of this? And it's it's a good sign that he was willing to admit this or, you know, to face facts, basically. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think this was after they had kind of bonded over their shared traumas mm-hmm. of the war. Yes. Where he told her about his childhood and she told him about being tortured by Darth Vader and... I think that was one of those moments where they really, like, sort of humanized each other and had this shared, like, oh, Darth Vader's really an asshole. (laughs) Bond over hating him. Yeah. Yeah, like, I knew Darth Vader tortured her, but because of the 70s camp, like, if that movie had been made today, when they found her, she would have been broken and bruised and, like, Mad Max ready to go kind of vibe. And so to hear her talk about the torture that he did um, and that her biggest problem was that there were two guys standing there just letting him do this. And, and it was just made it more real. Like the star Wars movies are getting more and more less campy to me. Yeah. Well, and, and when I, I think I was like five when I saw that movie for the first time. (laughs) So like I did, I was not processing what was truly happening. When you see a movie enough times as a kid, like, you know, like, it takes some time to sink in the actual implications of certain Mm -hmm. stuff. And so it was only recently when I rewatched it that I was like, oh, this is really bad. This isn't just like, all right, rescue mission. Like, there's already been bad things. Right. Oh, back to Gestapo's party. I did, um, when this, what year did we say this book came out? 2016. 2016. 2016. So that was before Rogue One? Uh, I don't remember what month this came out, but probably, yeah. Mm. All right. Because the, there was just, as Kasterf was walking around listening to people, someone says something about how the Emperor had to be, be- had to be betrayed by someone with the, because how could the Death Star have blown up like that? And I was like, oh, Rogue One. Mads. <laughs> I forget his character. <laughs> oh, I forgot he's in that. He's yes. in that. Gosh. Well, there's also like suspicion that Luke is really what he claims to be like because nobody yes. believes that one person could really do all that yeah. so they're all like oh no there must have been something else going on there because mm-hmm. i don't believe that one one fighter would have been one able to do that up. yeah yeah i think it was uh vicky when she uh came on uh, was telling me that there is either a book or a comic that addresses like the propaganda of Luke Skywalker and how he's not all this like amazing stuff. I need to find that. Um, Cause it sounds amazing. So he's like a super weirdo at this point. Like after the war, he just disappeared and everyone is like, what the fuck is up with this dude? So this is, he's at least running a Jedi school at this point. Like mm-hmm. God, poor Leia, all this shit happens. And then her son, the stuff. With yeah. Son. Yep. She's like, like, oh, you know what I should do? I should give my only child to my weird hermit brother so that he can go off to a distant planet and never speak to me. That's a good idea. I mean, he had other kids running around, which sounds really terrible coming out of my mouth. But, like, it wasn't just him and Ben, which is still great. Oh, yes, great, absolutely. But... It's just one of those things where when I think about it, I'm like, I don't know, maybe Jedi training isn't the greatest choice. No, no. Um, yeah, poor Leia. Yeah. yeah. Then the next part, um, 
after Lady Carice's coronation, she's sworn in, the seal, all that other stuff is done. She ends up finding a chest um, that oh. had been meant for Leia. Ooh, or a music box, too. Yeah. The, yeah, the music box in the chest. And she opens it up and listens to it, and it's Bail Organa. It's a message from him to Leia telling her that her father is Darth Vader. So great, because now this person I don't trust knows this information. <laughs> but this I did fucking like... broke me, because I read this like <laughs> right after I read the book about Leia's childhood, where oh. she had this great relationship with her parents until they started doing rebellion stuff, and then finally like they trust her enough to bring her into the rebellion, mm-hmm. and they're reconnecting, and then they die. Oh, and it's, it's so rough, and Leia. everything... Everything that she has to remember them and this childhood that she mm-hmm. loved and this planet that was her everything is gone. Right. And so I'm reading this and I'm like, and now Lady Carice has your only memories, the only physical objects that you would have from your childhood. And this big secret yeah. that Which I she's assumed everybody already knew you. was the I know, too. right? I <laughs> like I did too. <laughs> I was like, like, Oh, I guess I, I guess in retrospect, if I were Luke or Leia, no, nah, I probably wouldn't go around. Exactly. Same here. That I was like, I guess <laughs> that would be very difficult to overcome. But like, no, you don't need to know that. Yeah, and I Lady Kreese yeah. doesn't do this out of malice. It's more of just like, ah, I can finally get her to be my best friend because, like, she has to be my best friend if I bring her these trinkets and, like, I'm opening these trinkets. And it's a stuffed animal. Who wants a stuffed animal? But look, it's a jewelry box. And I was just like, yeah. oh, you're not oh, terrible. Yeah. You're just really fucking shallow. But Yes, because she was looking for like, maybe there's a tiara or something I could wear tonight. In this <laughs> oh, tiara. God, no. yeah, that's right. No. no I need just... some jewels. Because <laughs> that's what this oh. physician needs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, they're at, during the whole ceremony of the coronation, because it's a whole thing. Casterfo calls her to tell her because he wants to tell someone that he feels he can trust someone else that someone is involved with this whole thing. Someone else is working things behind the scenes. She's wearing a tiara. What reminded me was she was wearing a tiara when they (laughs) spoke. Um, And of course she tells him, no, like it can't be blah, blah, blah. Just get back to what you're doing. I'm like, you idiot. (laughs) You need to learn how to like Leia. Play your cards close to your chest. Like, don't. Exactly. Don't. 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 <laughs> Just don't. Just You're don't so trust young. Lady Carice. So naive. Right. Also that, yeah. Oh. Um, I did like, though, Lady Carice, her uh, internal argument with herself about using the truth about Leia's father, whether she could use it or not use it against her, because part of her oath that she had just sworn was to keep all of the secrets under... <laughs> This uh, the seal, I think, is how, it was worded some way like that, but basically that this right. secret would be something she would need to protect and not tell, basically. Um, but she did, and, and she it really, did, like... Go ahead. Well, and it, like, it came back to that, like, there is a code that you follow when mm. you're royal, and if she had disclosed that information, she would be betraying her royal blood in some way, and so it was... Yeah. It's interesting because I'm like, oh, well, that's a ridiculous value to have. But she was consistent with that value. At least. Right. 
at least for a little while. <laughs> right. Um, so I guess yeah, it also just... wasn't aware, like, like nobody knows who her father is, but also nobody knew that who her actual mother was. Right. She also, I think nobody even knew that she was adopted. Um, well, that was at least so, because at least one point Leia goes like, you know, I wasn't really their child. Like, I don't technically have okay. their blood. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, it's just a formality, adopted. like whatever. But then okay. she's like, oh, it's, you know, your mother was Princess Palpatine. And she's like, fucking bitch, you actually have royal blood. Like, of course she fucking <laughs> does. And like, I just, I, it was great. But yeah. I was just like, really, I guess because she and Anakin were friends, but I don't think anybody knew that Darth Vader was Anakin. I don't know, so weird. Well, and like, Padme and Anakin's relationship was secret. Right. So, I don't know. Right. I guess nobody knew Darth Vader was Anakin Skywalker? Or yeah, many. that was pretty secret. Yeah. yeah. I guess. Which and just seems baffling. I don't think people knew, at least if we're going by the prequels, the movies... They made it look like she was still pregnant when she died, I think. Yes. So no one or knew Or that she, like, died in childbirth, yeah. Or, yeah. So. He definitely did not know that he had kids. Yes. Because that was, like, the whole reason they wanted to hide it. Like, they mm -hmm. did not want him to know about those kids right. and to come find them. Right. But Lady Carice decides the... Her royal position is that right now she's going to have to keep the secret because of that. So she, but she takes the, the keepsake chest with her though. <laughs> like I'm going to keep the secret, but I got to take this with me, even though it would clearly be safe in this place that no one else has ever opened it. <laughs> I'll just keep it secret in a less secure location. Yeah. But it was Although like, she, yeah. she wanted to give it to Leia in a way that was not like, I listened to this, but you could tell by the eyes yeah. that she had listened to this. <laughs> That's what she like, wanted, yes. Her internal arguments were my favorite part. Just yeah. like, I know this feeling right here. <laughs> just like, I don't want to tell you I know, but you need to know that I know. Right, you need to, I need you to know that I know. <laughs> I'll just hum a little bit of the song that happens at the beginning of yes. the music box. Oh, yes. yes. The song, oh, the oh. Moon, which, the moon mirror bright, which is the name of Leia. Oh, she, God. Oh. Yes. And how in the moon it'll let you see those who have ceased to be. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> so yeah. sad. Everybody that Leia likes dies. Basically. <laughs> Look. This happens in the other books too. <sighs> Everyone she likes dies. Some people are just born cursed. It just happens. Yes. Yeah. It's how she gets the awesomeness. Seriously. Oh my god. It's so unfortunate. <laughs> Um, on a lighter note, we do get to see <laughs> Joff and Kesterfo try Pomarth's port in a storm. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was a great scene. Because they um, do talk about how every planet claims to be the most badass and have mm -hmm. the best liquor and everything. And I was like, oh, bitches mm -hmm. are going down. Yep. <laughs> Joff's reaction was he felt like his skull was melting, whereas, uh, Casterfo felt that a star or fireworks were exploding inside of him. <laughs> and Leia joins him like pretty good. minutes afterwards, and they're just, yeah. just like and she's punched like, over. Oh, what did you do? <laughs> um, 
And she says something about how Han, that Chewie would sometimes drink it, but Han wouldn't. And uh, 3PO's like, oh, he did um, use Port in a Storm. She's like, what? And he says, yeah, as a, as a solvent. <laughs> or as an emergency solvent. <laughs> Which is a fair point. Uh. <laughs> oh, Chewie does call to check on her after she gets bombed. That was yes. really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Lando does too. Like I really, really liked yes. all the little callbacks. They never felt forced, and uh, this is one big family that just happens to be very spread out. Yes. <laughs> um. Oh, so anyway, Lady Carice comes back. Oh, when they tried the port in a storm, it was a celebration or a parade of some sort. Um, and Lady Carice was trying to time her entrance with that <laughs> to make it a grand entrance, but there was some issue with the ship and she missed it. So she came back at night when like no one was there and I was like, ha, that's what you get. <laughs> I loved her. I'm yeah. sorry. But she was just such a mess and I loved it. <laughs> yep. Um, oh, and then we do also, I think this is when we see her conversation with, um, the leader of the uh, Maxine Warriors, Arlies. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so surprise, Carice <laughs> is not a good person. Right. Surprise. Who would have guessed? Stephanie yeah. was right. <laughs> Talking about the First Order. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first time anybody's <laughs> ever said it out loud. Yeah. <gasps> and she mentions other centralists in her faction. Um. And that they did establish Rin Riven, so mm-hmm. they're they're behind it, <laughs> and that they're funding these Amaxian warriors and doing all kinds of things to sort of sow discord. Right, right. So she gets back. She puts. She does put the say or the keepsake chest in her office, I think. But then she like. I feel like she immediately tells. Casterfo, like the second she gets back. So well, she held on to that royal secret for like a day. So she runs into him and he's been hanging out with Leia from the standpoint of like that they're actually friends. And yeah. yet she thinks that he's been pulled in to kind of replace her almost. And that's when she calls, um, what's her name? To Arlie's, oh, yeah. Yeah, so the, that conversation is more like either get him, he's playing you, you're not playing right. him. And she's like, well, then get him on our side. So that's why she's like, I guess she knows about his past too. And so she's like, the one thing that could ruin this friendship is the fact that that's his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So. Fucking Darth Vader. She tell, or she doesn't tell him, she lets, she opens the music box and lets. Yes. Bill are gonna tell him um, and of course the most dramatic moment to out Leia to everybody else is right after the populists have announced her as their nominee <laughs> yes like in front of like in the senate big ass senate room in front of everybody Ransom comes out what a so she's been lying yeah opens up oh and like when he opens up the uh, the music box to let the message play out at one point, Leia thinks something like, they're using both of my fathers against me. And I was like, oh, God. My heart broke. Well, like, she hasn't heard her dad's voice. She's never heard this message before. Yeah. 
she didn't know if her parents knew what her real biological parentage was. Like, this is a secret that she thought they had kept from her. Like, oh my god, there's so much there mm -hmm. about the emotions of that and this experience of, like, I never got to talk about this right. with the people I considered my parents. Right. And instead of thinking about that, he just plays the message in front of everybody. So mm -hmm. Such course, a childish thing to do. Yeah. She does admit that it's true, though. She doesn't try to deny it. She says it's true. Goes back to her office. But, like, of course, pandemonium just, it just everything goes crazy. Right, yeah. Um, Corey quits the but, intern. Like, Okay. It kind of pissed me off how badly people reacted to it, even though I'm like, okay, I get that it's a big deal. I'm trying to imagine, like, I don't know, if somebody that I thought was a great candidate turned out to be Hitler's daughter, how would I feel? <laughs> but, like, she never knew him. Ever. Right, nope. and she actively she was fought not... against him all the time. Yeah, like, she spent her life fighting against this guy. The fact that they're biologically related had such a small piece in her life. But there is just enough from Kasterfo's point of view of, like, she was in the Death Star at one point. She could have been feeding them stuff. Maybe she made up yeah. all this. Like, maybe she's known for a lot longer and she was a double spy kind of thing. Like, I get him not thinking rationally, even after what she's told him. And only because he eventually realizes that he's being a dumb shit like if he yeah. <laughs> had sat there and been like no you are terrible then i would have been like well i don't fucking buy any of this anymore so but like everybody else turned on her too even her friends and stuff that was just like oh my god really yeah. at least but enough of her yeah. friends stick around um greer was like are you still you and she's like yes and she's like okay we're good and then <laughs> There's a couple people in the populace that were pissed from the standpoint of just, like, we've known each other how many years and you just couldn't trust us with this? And she's like, yeah, you're right. I fucked up. And it's like, yeah. we need to adjust, but we're cool. Kind yeah. of. Well, and she yeah. hadn't even told Ben at that point. No, like, yeah. She like, hadn't even told her own kid. Which, like, given how much he worships Darth Vader, what the fuck happens? What? Yeah. Like, I either the ninth movie is going to be about that. I really hope that what happened in, in the, the Last Jedi um, is not all we're going to get out of that story because it's not enough. No. Yeah. I don't think I so either. More. Like, the whole idea of Snoke turning his mind, mm -hmm. they just sort of mentioned that as a thing, but, like, what does that mean? What right. was he doing? Right. I need to know more. Like, I want a Ben book now. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, Corey quits. Greer does ask her if Han knew, and Leia says she had told him the day after she, like the day she found out, basically, um, which was obviously years ago. And Greer yeah. takes that information. She seems to be more accepting now because Han has known this whole time and been okay with it. So she doesn't quit. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Let's see. Oh, and we she, do get to find out. Oh, go ahead. No, sorry. I was just saying there is a moment of like she's not even sure if Chewie knew. I'm just like, did Han oh, yeah. tell Chewie? Yeah. I think he probably did. He Chewie I, just knows things. This is true. <laughs> Chewie just fucking knows. 
Yeah, he's like, I threatened to rip somebody's arm off, so they told me. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, not that I think that even if it came out that they were the kids of Darth Vader, that he would be like, no, you terrible people. But it's just like, right. did Chewie know? Chewie had to know 30 years Probably, ago. Yeah. 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 Millennium like, Falcon isn't that big. This is very, right. very true. It's <laughs> very true. Yeah. Um, we do get to find out what's been going on with Greer, why she ended up uh, quitting her um, career as a pilot. She has blood burn, uh, which can cause fevers that just keep getting worse and worse until basically your brain fries and there is no cure. But there is a serum that can help with that and the spasms that she gets at night. Um, Basically, she's not allowed to go into space anymore. Like, right. Yeah. And she needs she's... to also have a not stressful job, which at the moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> and with actually with everything think... also that's been going on in this book. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't think being involved with any of the solos is a good idea <laughs> if you need no stress. Exactly. Right. But I did like this added because people are jumping through hydrospace and in and mm-hmm. out of atmospheres, et cetera, et cetera. And like we've had no repercussions. And then to find right. out about this incurable disease that like is super rare, especially someone that's – or is it because she was doing this as a kid too that kind of – I don't know. There was some mention about it be, because – something about because she started so young, I think. Uh, might have been part of it. So – it yeah. just, it was cool to get that added side of just, like, not everything's great about being in space, guys. Like, something Well, it's like, flesh yeah. out the world. Like, we haven't exactly. seen disease in this yeah. world exactly. before, which is, like, of course that exists. Right. right. So, but also, as soon as they said that, I was like, oh, Greer, you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. everybody's going to die. Yes. Everyone whose name I haven't seen in one of the movies, I'm just worried about exactly. all of them. Exactly, they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, oh, and actually, before everything came out about who's Leia, who Leia's biological father is, um, they had developed her and uh, Castelfro. They had developed a plan basically to go to another planet, uh, Sabensko, or basically, Joff and Greer got a smuggling job from Daxon Ford to I think deliver something to Sabensko, I think is how it yeah, was. Yeah, right. 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 So the the plan was for Leia, she put in a, a leave request and then Casterfo was supposed to leave after that to just try to not make it look suspicious. Right. So Leia does end up addressing the Senate um uh I think that's when yeah, when she addresses the Senate about Darth Vader, keeping the secret. I think, is that when she also tells them who her mother was? I don't Maybe, or did it get revealed in the music box? I don't remember. I don't honestly remember her even mentioning who her mother really was. No, I think it was later. No, oh god, I know which, I know which scene you're talking about, now I can't remember. If it's now or... Oh, crap. She does also confront Castervo. I can't believe I skipped right over that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was such a great moment. Yeah. Where it was like, sure, you could have done this, but, like, at least let me prep my child. Oh, right. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and like and and this is the moment where he's like well you could have been conspiring and she was like he fucking tortured me like i didn't yeah. make that up and if you truly think i've made that up like what have we been doing and i was like yeah, yeah. and like do you really think i would have conspired with him to murder everyone i've ever known exactly on my home planet yeah, yeah. Including really my parents <laughs> exactly idiot yeah. oh. um oh and then she throws something one of his uh, artifacts. One of his things. Oh yeah. yeah. She just picks it up and throws the royal guard helmet. She picks that yeah. up and throws it, and I was like, "Good, <laughs> fucking good." <Yeah. laughs> um, but yeah, she does address the Senate. Talks about um, how she, her and Luke did find out that Darth Vader's their dad. Uh, she does talk about who their mom is, and how also her mother is therefore a big part of her and the good of her mother and what her mother was trying to do for the people is mm-hmm. part of what kept her going kind of. Um, they do. Let's see. Oh, lady Carice does stand up and question Luke as well. Um, his intentions kind of, and what he's been up to. So right. that does upset Leia a lot. That's yeah. That's when she starts talking about her parentage. Yeah, because yeah. like um, diss me all you want, leave my brother out of this. Right. And, like, all that poor dude has done is save the universe and then go away. Yes. Like just let him have his peace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. live his life. Um, they do end up. They had to approve this leave, so they do end up approving it. Mm-hmm. I. It seems like they just want her to kind of go away to kind of forget about everything right yeah. now to kind of just. Quietly that. <laughs> finish out her term and disappear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Casterfo actually does not stand up and say anything about where she's going on this leave. She doesn't say anything mm-hmm. about their plan. And I actually thought he was going to show up on Sabensko. Same. He doesn't. Very upset he doesn't. <laughs> Very upset that he didn't. Yeah. Boys. Which, this is also a planet that I would like to see in a movie because it's an underwater planet. <laughs> Which is really cool. Okay. I'm okay not seeing it, but I can cover my eyes. It's okay. I'm all about underwater planets. I'm here for it. The description of them landing and then the like force field so that they could sink underwater and then seeing like shadows of big sea creatures moving around. Like, oh my God. I'm just picturing like Atlantis, the lost empire. (laughs) It's all I want. It's too much. Yeah. But I shall cover my eyes. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the job that they end up getting is to that Greer and Joff got um, basically as undercover smugglers was to smuggle a ton of thermal detonators to Hosnian Prime. Right. So they're all obviously in disguise. Um Leia and 3PO go off separately and end up learning that this is also the military base. It's huge and it's under the city. Yeah, so like their suspicion was there's some sort of military group here, but then Mm -hmm. they show up and they're like, oh shit, this is way beyond what we thought it was. They thought they were getting in on the uprising just starting. Turns out it was just about to take over. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, bad timing. Leia runs into <laughs> Rin, Rin Riven D. Yes. 
She had put a tracker in the hologram, though, and she gave it back to him, which I was like, again, she's always got plans. She's mm-hmm. like always 10 steps <laughs> ahead of you. Um, he says something as she's approaching him about, did you think that there wouldn't be scanners here or something like that? And she's like, maybe you should have been smart enough to scan it from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Sassy to the end. Yep. Um, she actually ends up shooting out a bolt in the tunnel system to get away from him. And what this does is it causes that support to collapse. And that guy gets, oh, because he's there with two other guys. I think she kills one of them and then shoots out the bolt. And then Rin Rivendi and the other guy end up getting crushed to death by the water immediately. She's a badass. She is a badass. Yeah. Yep. Um, she orders Joff and Greer to leave just leave her behind get 3PO out of here with the information that we downloaded <laughs> that's more important get out because it's like all these safety precautions and then like they get into this thing and basically hit a button and it's like do you want to download all the secret evil plans she's like yes I Check. do in fact yes. <laughs> <laughs> and C-3PO gets like a little moment there where he gets to sort of do his little hacky thing yes. and I'm like oh sweet boy yeah usually that's R2D2 yeah I haven't read his comic <laughs> but I wonder if he has his red arm by this point or not because I know oh, there is wow. a comic that explains how he gets it so um I'm sure Ryan will be listening to this or Vicky and they'll they'll be sure to tell me that if it is or is not um um so Leia ends up she ends up running basically into the army um, or at least like the main area that they're all at. She does get away and takes one of the landing platforms back up and she's basically prepared to shoot it out with a plane that's gonna that's coming around at her. And then Han shows up. <laughs> Yay! Just out of the blue. Yep, he shows up, shoots out the Y-Wing, she gets up into... It's not the Millennium Falcon. I forget what type of ship he's got, but it's, it's probably whatever it's like ship he's got. a modified racer, on. I yeah. think. Yeah. She gets up in there. Um, there's pretty good air fight. Uh, the mm-hmm. description was pretty good. Leia ends up shooting out one, shooting one of the planes down, and when it crashes... It ends up basically blowing up the entire underground city. Because <laughs> they're keeping a lot of explosives there. Yep. Yeah, don't keep your and explosives. That's what happens? <laughs> yep. You choice. blow up. <laughs> um. So obviously they get away. Um. One of the this is where I was slightly upset with Han was when he says something to her about how he's willing to be here for her. For as long he uses the word like the words like I'm willing to for as long as you like I don't know it just sounded oh you'll <laughs> no, do this as a refresh. favor to me <laughs> yeah eh. although like they're pretty solitary people like yeah. I don't know <laughs> I took I it as more I of like want more if yeah it were me I don't know and... they've been married for probably at least twenty years if not twenty five thirty yeah or at least who together knows? for that long too right yeah. like. I took it as more like, I'm here, but if you want me to go away, I can. Yeah. Because, you know, even after she the bombing, she's like, don't leave. I'm fine. Like, there's no point I'm going into this to be thing. Yeah. So, like, 
just don't come to the planet. Keep doing what you're doing. So. I should get the opposite of like, I'll stay, but I would go if you don't want me to stay. But I guess just because the way people reacted to this information about who her biological father is, it's like, I feel like I would just want more people around me as support because people are freaking out. (laughs) I had a very hard time this book because I would go, but what about Ben? Why aren't you with Ben? You have a son. And then I would feel really guilty because it was like, if this was a Han Solo book, would I be having the same reaction? I don't know. I honestly don't know. But like, I just be like, go collect your son. And also... If I didn't know her son was going to become evil, (laughs) would I also be having this interaction of like, why aren't you spending time with your son? Yeah, I do think there is that element of like, okay, so there's been this big revelation about your history, regardless of gender. Like, maybe you should go have a conversation, just a little one. Don't expect this really eccentric rando uncle to like sit down (laughs) and explain what's going on because like Luke forgave Darth Vader and accepted Anakin Skywalker as his father and that they are the same person as where it's like Leia sees Anakin as her biological father but like Darth Vader is the dude that fucked her planet up and tortured her and she Mm -hmm. hasn't forgiven him yet Right. I don't know who I'd want talking to my son. She also doesn't yeah. didn't have the the benefit, I guess, of seeing right. Darth Vader basically save Luke, like pushing yeah. away the dark side and, you know, becoming Anakin Skywalker yeah, again. Yeah. She didn't see that. She heard about it. I'm sure right. she believes Luke, that's what happened, but but it's like super different to just hear like, oh well, he wasn't bad at the end, versus right. have that right. moment of redemption with your parental right. figure. Yes, it's just like the whole not to make it again about current events, but like the whole Me Too thing, where it's like, sure he did this, you know, years ago, but he's fine now, and it's like, well, is he? Is he like? Yeah. Is he? Did he torture you? Did right. he destroy your whole planet? Exactly. No. Nah. Right. Like, and just because maybe he is okay right now, does that discount and just exactly. make everything else that he did do go away? Yeah. Especially like, the torturing of me and destroying of my my planet. Yeah. One of the debates that I seem to keep getting into with people is, you know, at what point do you forgive someone and, like, let them have a job? And yeah. uh, Which is not something for me to say, but it's like a lot of my guy friends want it to be a lot quicker. And I'm just like, no, no. So. <laughs> well, and this is like that especially complicated thing where it's like, well, he's dead, so he can't do anything exactly, else. Exactly, yes. So what do you do with that memory? Right. Yeah. You don't let your brother explain it to your son. <laughs> I'm sorry. Your fucking weird hermit brother. <laughs> I just... So many things could have prevented Kylo Ren. Luke is so bad at processing emotions. <laughs> he really is. And you can't blame him. The dude is stunted. Like. But like Leia has been through more shit than he has. And Leia is still like, all right, I can deal with this shit. I can grow from it. I can find a better way forward. And I'm like, Luke, could you just hang out with your sister for five <laughs> minutes and learn something? Because you are not good at this. I, that is true. Like, did when did Luke just take off and become this because we do get a lot of talk of you know 
Lando and Han taught her to play cards. You know, she got right. to learn Chewie's language, which she might have known in the original. I don't remember. Um, there's a lot of little moments with all these people. Rarely her brother. Like I think yeah. Luke went off pretty quickly after the, the rebellion ended. Because he was like, I want to be a Jedi. I want to go study the lore. I want to start my own school. Like, that was his thing. You had a... F- uh, whatever. Yeah. There's Unabomber <laughs> recluse, and now there's Luke Skywalker. Recluse. Yep. Introverted. <laughs> on my scale. I'm not sure who falls that far yet that I know, but... <laughs> oh. uh, so... So Leia does, uh, they do, she does present her findings to the Senate. Um, Oh, I think this was when we learned that she needed to have like a, I don't know what it's Mm -hmm. called, but like a certain number of people basically granting her permission or like agreeing that she should speak. And Casterfo, I think, is the one vote that tips her over because it's something like she only needs four and she had like three from the populace and that's it. And he votes yes to... So that she can present the information. Um, and I think he also... Does he back her up while she's speaking too? Mm-hmm. And then he yeah. does go to see her. And this was my favorite thing that 3PO says in the entire book. Is when Casterfo walks in. She, 3PO's surprised. You know, as surprised as a droid can be. He goes to check and then comes back and says, Okay, uh, Senator Organa, we'll see you now. But though, frankly, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine why. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Yes, 3PO, you tell him. (laughs) God, I love 3PO. He's always my favorite. Uh, So good. (laughs) So he does apologize, you know. He should have, that with their friendship, what it had been, he should have just approached her first, one-on-one, not in front of the entire Senate. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I didn't write anything else about their meeting. Just my favorite thing was about 3PO being like, I don't know why she wants to see you, but go ahead. I mean, it was it was the turning, you know, like, I apologize, and, like, maybe the Empire is not that great, and I kind of fucked up. There was also a populist party. Was that after their meeting? Uh, oh, um... Oh, yeah. They do announce who the new nominee is gonna be. Right. I don't remember if it was before or after. And it is a party that she goes to. It's Tai Lin. Um... Uh-huh. But what she's who is a good friend, I think he's one of the people that says to her, I think he's one of the ones who says, we've known each other for so long. Why didn't you tell me about who your dad right. was? I think that was he was one of those um, who did continue to support her, too. Um, and she dresses like Darth Vader. Like, I love it. Oh, yeah. She's, she's in like, like a all black, <laughs> all black with the long cape. And they're like, please don't wear that when you go to talk. She's like, oh, no, I won't. Right. <laughs> but I love it. She's, she's like, like just doing it right now. Yeah. Fuck it. I'm done. I'm yeah. playing into this. <laughs> right. Um, but Tylin said that his plan was that if he was elected, he wasn't actually going to use the power in that position if elected, which she was disappointed about because if she had gotten the, the, the nomination and then, you know, to be that one leader, she would have used it to try to facilitate more conversations to tr- to, and to facilitate more action to right. do stuff for the better, you know, betterment of the galaxy, basically. So she was disappointed in that. Um, Not that it home... mattered. <laughs> right, right. Uh, his home planet is that one that's known for the tea and the meditation. Right, <laughs> uh, yes. Same one as, as Jaff. 
But so they decide to have his first campaign rally there. It's going well. Corey shows up. She apologizes to Leia for just quitting. Um, says if she, I think she says if she ever had the opportunity to work with her again, she would. And then Arlie's Hadrassian, the leader of the Amaxine Warriors, who all blew up except she wasn't on the planet, so most of them blew up. <laughs> she comes and fucking kills Tylin. And then tells Leia that Leia's lucky that she's thinking strategically and then kills herself. Yep. And I was like, Rude. I fucking forgot about you. <laughs> God <Yep>. damn it. <laughs> I thought you were just a pawn here. Because <laughs> uh, basically there is a conversation that she has with Lady Lady Carice. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's like, all of my warriors, most of them are dead now. I've lost a lot of my best fighters, our resources, blah, blah, blah. And Lady Cruz is like, this is your fault. Um, you blew up the Senate. We did need a distraction, but you shouldn't have blown shit up. Like, she's like, you brought this on yourself. She's basically not going to help her. Wow. It's like, you're on your own. There's like a lot of infighting among the bad guys, which is yeah. interesting. That's not super yeah. common in books. Yeah. yeah. There's also and a then, moment when they're think they're talking about the napkin bomb and it, like what was the point yeah. of it and then Leia's like right. to create confusion. I was like, was this not an obvious answer? Like <laughs> that yeah. seemed like the clear right yeah. like, and that's what it did <laughs> cause infighting everywhere. Like that was the entire right. point. <laughs> oh, although that was part of why I was slightly suspicious of Corey as well because there's a point earlier right after the bombing where they're debating who did it and then who also left the note for Leia and Corey mm-hmm. says something like maybe she, they had second thoughts and she didn't want oh, Leia that's to right, hurt. Yeah. just the way she was like she is it just me because usually when I'm talking about a bad guy I'm just like him I don't know that just <laughs> yeah but understandable as Corey is fine she she wasn't in on it <laughs> she's good it's okay yeah, she's good and she apologized to Leia for quitting so we're good there <laughs> I wonder if she's um, the one in the movies with like the two buns that are up here. No. So damn it. The person who plays her is actually um, Carrie Fisher's actual daughter. Okay. Yep. Oh, okay. Which just destroys my soul a little bit. Um, Cause that's like so sweet. But in force awakens when they destroy all of the planets, there's a shot of Hosnian prime and there's a woman who's reacting, and that's Corey. Okay, I'm going to have to go watch okay. that again now. Yep. But okay, yep. so Corey actually does end up in the movie. Interesting. Yeah, but she Good dies. Oh, fuck. Oh, okay. yeah. There's like one shot of her getting destroyed. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Cool story. All right. As they destroy the remnants of the, of the New Republic. But I do like that, like, if these books are supposed to be part of the universe, then these characters should also show up in the movie, even if they are dying immediately. Yeah. But that is really kind of cool. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it makes sense because most of the characters in this one are part of the government. Right. And the first major action of the first order is to destroy all of the planets that house the government. So goodbye, everyone. Right. Bye, Cory. Or Cora. Nobody calls me Cory anymore. I think it's Cor. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. Cor. Whatever, you're Corey. You're 16. Get over it. Yeah, you're still a child. <laughs> yes. Also, 
if you didn't actually in that moment another thing 3po after she storms off saying that 3po's like if she had just said that that's what she wanted to be called i would have made sure to you know make a note of it (laughs) but yeah if you said something (laughs) he's so distraught like yeah i didn't screw this up i promise right if i had known (laughs) poor 3po Uh, so after this um uh, oh yeah so after Arlie's kills Tylen mm-hmm. um, they basically Casterfo gets framed for the entire thing um, for supporting the the, mil- the paramilitary the paramilitary mili- I'm always going to say that word wrong <laughs> what is it para paramilitary yes okay <laughs> group like, i'm not entirely sure who we're that word right now. yes okay <laughs> the maxine warriors that group um they set him up basically just and they frame him and he is taking the fall for everything but Bitch. we don't see him die we don't but we don't the, see him die we don't right emphasis on the sea <laughs> because yes. i mean the senate yes. Senate policy is imprisonment, trial, and sentencing on his home world of Riosa, which he had previously mentioned he helped put the death penalty back into effect on that planet. So there's that. Well, that's what you get for supporting the death penalty. <laughs> I mean, yes, I agree. But you might die now because of it. Yeah, but like <laughs> probably like ninety. There's a hundred percent chance, basically. Yeah, yeah he's doesn't look dead. My heart broke a little bit yeah, because I really liked Leia having... I mean, it does set up that she really likes Flyboys and thus her, like, winking at Oscar Isaac, which I don't think actually ever happens, but she's totally what? checking him out and everything. I mean, well, and she's got, like, this really sweet, like, kind of mothery, but, like, yeah. fun mothery relationship with him where she's like, I know you're totally being an asshole right now and breaking orders, but I'm going to allow it because exactly. I like you. Yes. Yeah. It kind of sets all that up, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I like it. She didn't get Oscar Isaac killed, so that's always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, the world is a little happier. Yeah. She does go see Castro before he gets taken off, mm-hmm. um, and they do talk. And she says she's good. She, I think she tries to comfort him by saying she'll try to find a way to help him, but he knows that it's, He's done. it's basically a lost cause. Yeah, there's they have set him up, and that's. And there's so many players at work, basically, with money and everything. It's just, this is it. Oh, and Lady Cruz is fucking good at what she does. Like, yeah. when you first meet her, you're like, oh, she's just, like, this vapid, self-absorbed lady. And mm-hmm. then, as the book goes on, you're like, shit. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. Yes. But then, she gets her little comeuppance. <laughs> um, she does, and lit. it's wonderful. It's so good. Basically, Leia confronts her because she realizes that the keepsake chests where this message with the with the uh, recording, the music box, that there's only one place it could have been hidden. It had to have been hidden on Burin and that sh- the assumption being that she would get it when she took over or, you know, whatever. So she realized where it was and she knows what her what the royal oath is when you take over the governorship and that basically Lady Carice had promised to with you know keep all these secrets and clearly she didn't. Mm-hmm. Right. So Leia 
talked to the ruling members of Elder House and stripped Carice of her title. She's no longer the governor or a member of the Elder House. So she's no longer Lady Carice. She's just Carice. Damn. If we're saying it right. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> you are, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which so is she's... like the biggest insults that. Oh, yeah. Like, For this person, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I think even Leia's like, this means nothing to me, but I know it means everything right. to you. Right. Just like, which is the best it's like yes. i don't actually give a fuck <laughs> exactly. but if it'll make yeah. you feel miserable let's go right. for it right and she's like this is i don't have much power right now so i'll just have to settle for hurting you and then i think she, she when she says goodbye she just says goodbye carice to make it a point you are no longer lady carice exactly so suck it then <laughs> <sighs> after that we get to see what ends up being the first meeting of the resistance um and actually here Greer is there and Leia I think had not told her about it like before Greer and Joff went on their undercover mission on their own when Leia approached her about it she did ask if she thought she could handle it and at the time you just kind of think oh she's just asking can you handle doing under you know this undercover thing by yourself or the you know by the two just the two of you but Leia had known about the blood burn right. um, because Han had known it was when Greer was with Han and the racing and everything. Um, and Han asked Leia if she had any work for Greer. So, but Greer decides, nope, she's going to take part in this. Uh, she'd rather burn in a better, what did she say? I'd rather burn in a better kind of flame that she is in on this fight. Damn. Yeah, still it's makes like, me tear oh, up. Career. Yeah. Yeah, I just double checked to see if maybe Greer shows up somewhere else and she does not. But neither does Joff. Like, I kind of want that story now. I need a Ben Solo story, yep. which is probably not going to come out until after everything's done. But I also need a Greer and Joff because it's kind of like they're romantic, but I'm also okay if we just get a really great story of like two best friends kind of thrown yeah. together and, Absolutely. and maybe dying together. Yep. Well, and I think there's a lot of potential for it because this ends and there's still, like, the First Order has not taken over yet. Right. There's right. still a lot of space of, like, okay, how does this develop to where we're starting in The Force Awakens? Right. Right. Which I'm really glad. Like, they set this up just enough in advance, probably knowing that they wanted to do all these other stories, too. Yeah. Um, and Although, like... I do feel as if when I watched The Force Awakens, I was like, I have no idea how the world has ended up where it is. I'm super right. confused. Who is the First Order? What the fuck is mm -hmm. going on? And this book gave enough backstory that I'm like, oh, this isn't just let's recreate the Empire. Yeah. I see what has happened right. now. Mm -hmm. I, I have a better grasp. Right. We went too far in one direction and tried to overcorrect, and this is what happened. Right. Yeah. History repeats itself. So. Huzzah. <laughs> overall great great yeah. book yeah <laughs> i really liked it um, um i do recommend lost stars to both of you though i think i actually yes. like lost stars a little bit more only because the premise is basically the it's from the perspective of two kids being raised during the events of the original three movies um but they're being raised to be in support of the empire they want to work for the empire right. they want to fly and support it's i like that take on i it double checked and that much. one is actually the last book 
that one oh, okay. out for me. So I have read it. <laughs> Yay. It was really good. Oh my God. I loved it so much. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I Yeah, that one was like, oh, that one was heartbreaking in parts Absolutely. where you're like, no, I just want you guys to work yes. together. Oh no. Yes. That's fun. Um, <laughs> the hospital waited as long as it could. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, any final thoughts? It's a timely book, as we have it mentioned really before. <laughs> I mean, I I knew that Star Wars was political, but even as I was reading some of the other books, I was like, this is fun. And then I read this one and was like, shit, <laughs> yeah. somebody is right on the nose. Yep. Even with the little things like which news, um, which news outlets we're depicting mm-hmm. the Senate bombing as being the populist fault or which one is it's the central, you know, like just, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, if you turn on Fox news, what certain things you are going to see, what certain yes. spins you're going to see right. on things versus if you look at CNN or something else. So very timely, even in the little details. <laughs> well, and it, it felt like in the prequels, they were trying to do all of this political stuff of like, what do these, big machinations look like on a universal scale and it did not work Mm. this felt like a good version of that right yeah where you were seeing how these different factions fought against each other and in fought and like how they developed into these bigger threads and i thought that was pretty cool i agree yeah i also love that i know it's told primarily through leia because like she's super important and a known character but it's leia at roughly in her 50s being a badass we don't have yep. a lot of books like that especially in like the sci-fi or fantasy world so like double props for a elder or older uh lead character still being right. a badass yeah. so who is a woman who is also we a woman yes get plenty of those movies where liam yes. neeson's whoever gets taken and right whatever but right yeah and well, in a surprising amount of female characters yes uh which i have noticed the books tend to do much better than the movies but you know overall a fairly diverse cast yeah i mean yeah greer she based off of a a a very popular um indian oh crap i think she's indian um it's the woman from quantico i cannot think of her name Oh, but like she's absolutely drop-dead gorgeous and that's who greer is based on and i was like yeah i can see this and then Lady Carice, you know, Jamie Chung, and it's, and I, I believe Cora's also, um, I can't remember who they said she's based off of, but she's also not like a young, white, blonde, frilly thing. Like, none of these, yeah. outside of Leia, we've got diversity. It's wonderful. So great. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, and as you said, Leia's an older woman, which right. is, you know, a demographic we don't see very often. Exactly. So... Yay, all around. Yep. Huzzah. <laughs> now, if only they didn't all die. I know. No. Well, just, it's fine. It's, it's, <laughs> movie nine's going to suck. I mean, it's going to be great, but it's going to suck. Yeah. So I just want our general. Yeah. It's fine. I'm like, trying to make peace, which I'm going to be doing for the next year and a half. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm never going to make peace. It's going to hurt me forever. It is. It is. So. Um, where do we want to go next? Uh, book drink? Oh, yes. Maybe. Yeah. Yes. 
So is this all me, or are you guys going it first? Is. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. So just because this is Star Wars, I'm gonna go with milk because of that nasty ass scene in the Last Jedi where Luke is milking the creature. It makes me so happy. God bless Mark Hamill. He's so wonderful. Oh, it's so yeah. good. There's an entire article about how that's the best scene in the whole movie because it was making Star Wars fucking weird again. Yes. I love it. It was my favorite. Oh. Yeah, I try to think of, like, what the strongest drink I've ever had that made me, like, absolutely miserable the next day. And because as I'm getting older, things like beer knocks me out for, like, the next two days. But vodka doesn't. Like, I could do hard liquor. Weird. But, like, I can no longer drink wine. I can no longer drink beer. I can no longer drink cider. It is is awful. Like, one cider knocks me out for uh, 36 hours. Wow, okay. Yeah, it's just like a headache and like the worst hangover. And I'm like, it's a cider over 12 hours. What the hell? So I don't have, I don't have my own uh, port that I can think of. Port in a storm. Port in a storm, thank you. It's very unfortunate. I I feel like I've heard other people's horror stories about drinking. and And even though I've have never had it jägermeister yeah i refuse i will not (laughs) alternatively malort which i don't know tastes disgusting it's like i'm pretty sure that's kind of like a toothpastey tasting Mm. thing no it's this really weird liquor not good oh god it's vicious hey okay jaeger is up there I haven't done Jaeger in yeah. many, no. many years, but it is gross. I will and, never. Yeah. I, well, uh-uh. no, you are no longer an 18-year-old <laughs> child. Of course you won't. <laughs> and you don't live in Wisconsin, so. <laughs> you can be entertained rem- in other ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do remember my freshman year of college, we drank a little, my roommate and I, my best friend from high school, actually, we drank a little bit, but hadn't really gotten drunk. And her birthday wasn't april so this was the second semester of our freshman year we had told some friends that we were working with in the dining hall that we hadn't been drunk before we hadn't really drank that much so i know and they were all seniors (laughs) oh Oh, no they volunteered to have her birthday party at one of their houses off campus and this guy he made oh my god his last name was Bello, so he called it Bello's Patented Load. It was basically a thirty Ugh. rack of, yeah, it was basically a thirty rack of something cheap like Bush or whatever, mixed with a handle of vodka, mixed with a little bit of lemon concentrate. I know, I the faces that you're making are it's appropriate, but at the same time, it didn't taste bad. Like you didn't taste the alcohol, which by itself is a problem. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It's bad. I had a very, I had a very similar first getting drunk experience, which was that my friend made a drink called Dirty Girl Scouts. Oh, okay. Which oh, is, is it like a thin mint? Uh, it's yes, it tastes exactly like a thin mint. It's creme de menthe and Kahlua oh, yes. and vodka. Yes. And I think there might be something else in there, but it's straight alcohol. Yeah. And it tastes like a cookie. Yes. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> and then you drink three of them and you're like, I'm dead. There were four shots a piece in each of those. 
Yeah. So this, this is, that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of drinking. There was a cake fight that I was somehow involved oh in, even my. though it was not my birthday. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now I want cake. <laughs> it was just uh, the, not my birthday. <laughs> it wasn't my birthday. Like, if anyone's getting like frosting put on their face, it should be the person whose birthday it is. <laughs> I agree. I think. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Sure, we can all go have a good glass of milk now and yeah, settle our stomachs. Oh, I don't like milk, so I will not. <laughs> I don't keep milk in the house, so it's okay. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> but I am gonna have a cider after this. Yeah. Please enjoy it. And if, I will. I don't know where you live, but if you can ever have just a down east cider. Whenever you're in oh. the New York, Connecticut, maybe it's in Boston too area. I've never had that particular. I'm in Minnesota, okay. So we're mm. a ways away. Okay. Got a pretty robust local cider scene, so. I do. Yeah. That's my favorite. I everybody should go have one for me because I can't. It tastes like Christmas morning to me. Oh. <sighs> my favorite cider I can actually only get in New York. <laughs> It's the uh, Copperberg, Copperberg. That's my favorite. Yes, I've had that. That's good yeah. too. Yes. Yeah. I hate it. Whichever side of the family gave me this gene, they can have it back. Yes. Yeah. It's no longer. Fun. I live literally walking distance from a small local cider distillery, ah, which is awesome. beautiful. That does sound beautiful. That's gotta be great when yeah. it's snowing. <laughs> no, we don't go places when it snows. <laughs> Good to know. I guess you guys do you get hide. the, uh, yeah. 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 You get home at four in the afternoon. It's already dark <laughs> out. You close all the doors and then you just like be depressed for a while <laughs> yeah. because it's very dark. <laughs> yeah. Hallmark the other day was like our Christmas movie lineup. And I was like, dude, it just what? stopped snowing. You no. need to stop. Yeah. No. Absolutely like, not. I, it's, it's a wonderful temperature right now. It's a little too rainy, but it's still wonderful. Yeah. Like, let yeah. me have these few weeks. Right. Yes, and it's going to be summer. Today had a nice cool breeze to it, and that's exactly yes. that's my favorite. Yes. As I laugh at Facebook memories, where apparently it was really hot most time last year. So. Yeah. I just wanted to be good weather next weekend because that's our friend's wedding. I'm like, you can rain all that's you want fair. this weekend. Yes. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, just don't oh. do it next week. <laughs> oh. Um, Olivia, what will you be reading next? That is a good question. I have been reading a lot of the Cushiel series by Jacqueline Carey. Okay. Um, so it starts with Cushiel's Dart. Um, it's a little, it's a little rated R, um, but it's still pretty good. Uh, so I am, I think I'm like the eighth book of that series right now, and I'm hoping to get to that one. Um... I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen next because I don't currently have it in my possession. Oh, no. Yes. Well, I hope it's good. It's good. Long series freak me out because usually around books seven or eight, it kind of starts to go downhill. So hopefully it doesn't. Yeah. Well, like the really nice thing is that it's three sets of trilogies. Okay. So, yeah. So like different characters and time frames for each one, which is pretty nice. Oh, I'm going to have to check these out. Yeah. I looked on the author and I always get it on playback, so it'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> always looking for more trilogies. 
Yes. So. <laughs> what about you, Stephanie? I am actually, I just started Gabrielle Union's We're Going to Need More Wine. <laughs> just finished um, that book. Yeah, it's because of your post. I was like, that's right. I wanted to do this book. And I am actually doing the audio book because I am working on a cross-stitch project for a wedding present for next weekend. <laughs> and cross-stitch takes a little bit longer <laughs> than you might think. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, it's coming along, but I'm like kind of stressed out about it. Like, I need oh, to no. get it done by like Wednesday. I feel like that's always the story with homemade presents though where you're like this is gonna be great you know I'll just make it I'll save a bunch of money and then you get halfway through it and you're like I should have just spent a lot of money yes <laughs> exactly the problem also is when you have the idea like a year ago and then forget about it and remember yep. a month before the wedding and then I'm like oh okay I got I want to do this thing because it was a good idea <laughs> It is, and it looks really good. (laughs) What you showed me the other day looked really good, so. You at least have the car ride tomorrow to do it, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because Chris usually drives, so I'm like, I gotta get my, like, I'm just gonna have everything with me, and then keep it in the car, because we're going to their place, so. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Chris, you're driving. It's all good, though. Yeah. (laughs) He usually ends up driving anyway. He He's like car sick if he doesn't drive, which kind of works out because I don't like driving. <laughs> there you go. So. <laughs> oh. Megan, what are you up to uh, for reading next? Um, I'm currently reading Code Girls, which is about code breakers in World War II, which is apparently mm. like my thing this year. Like this is the second book I've read on code breakers. Um, this one bounces around quite a bit. So it's the army code breakers and the Navy code breakers and kind of the differences between the two. But it took me a while to realize that that's what they were doing. Um, And then I have, I think it's radium girls coming up next. Like I just looked at it and I'm like the first person on hold. I've had it on hold for a few months now. So I'm apparently all about world war two and what our women were doing then because they were amazing. Like, you know, we all know um, Rosie the Riveter, but it's like, they were literally doing everything. And as per usual, exactly. And there's even like a scene where they're talking about how they made them like official Navy members, um, but gave them like a fun name. So it wasn't like quite like they're in the Navy. And then they're like talking how their uniforms came to be. And like the women were like, here's how we want it designed with pockets. And yes. I was like, yeah. 1940s, we were already begging for pockets. I love yep. it. They didn't do it on the first round. They did on the second round though. So as far well, as I understand. We were, talking to, we were talking about sexism and clothing on my podcast the other day. And we were like, all right, what's the first example? Everybody say your first example of sexism on clothing. Three, two, one. We're all like, pockets! pockets God. Pockets! Just want pockets. This is why I love Fridays. Fridays are jeans days. I get to wear both phones in my pockets. It's great. Yep. Every dress should have them. So, I Amen. I was just going to say, I tried on a bunch of dresses. For this way, I went shopping with my mom and my sister. Tried on a bunch of dresses. The first dress was basically the dress, but... It does. It doesn't have pockets. It's like, God oh. damn it! <laughs> Somebody I know has taught themselves to sew pockets on everything. 
and I need to learn mm. this skill. Just yeah. It can't be that hard, can it? It really can't. Just like a secret pocket somewhere. Yeah. Right. That's all you need. So, speaking of your podcast, tell us more about it. Yeah, so I am one of the co-hosts of the Super Serious Social Justice Podcast, which is like the hardest thing to say, and I hate <laughs> us for naming it that. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so... We talk about all kinds of social justice, everything from um, sexism to racism to ableism, classism, food, everything you can think of that might be related to social justice in some way. Um, And clearly we're very, very serious about all of this. Never laugh. No. Um, We are a pile of goofballs, and so we try and make it really accessible and be willing to learn ourselves and call each other out when we're making mistakes and sort of bring everybody else along on that journey with us. So you can find us online at sssjcast.com. And we're also on Twitter and Facebook and all of those fun places. You can just search our name. We're pretty distinctive. So that's easy. Awesome. And I'll add the links to the show notes as well. So people can go from Sweet. there too. So awesome. uh, anything else you want to plug before uh, we wrap it up? Um, I also write a blog called Out of Spoons. It's spelled A-U-T of Spoons because I am autistic. Um, And so it's a play on the spoon theory. If you don't know what that is, you should look it up. Um, I post weekly and would love to have you check it out. I write about autism, mental health, ableism, all kinds of good stuff, whatever strikes my fancy. That's awesome. Yes, I am a big fan of the spoon theory. Uh, Someone else explained it as spell slots to me a couple months yes. ago. And I was like, this is the better example for me because spoons, I'm just like, whatever. But spell yeah. slots actually made me cry about how much it was relatable. Yes. So, yes. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to have to definitely check that out. Awesome. Um, Stephanie, what about you? Uh, nothing yet. God. <laughs> to plug. <laughs> I'm going to have to call Chris. Right. But also at the same time, we are also not looking into That's moving, true. Okay, so. fair. I can't be too mad then. But he does not have many more excuses. Uh, hopefully soon. But that move is going to take me precedence. Fair point. Fair point. Okay. Yeah. How about you? Do you have anything else you would like to plug? Um... Let's see. Everything else is kind of on hiatus, but you can catch up on uh, Fabulous Retellings. We're currently on a break between seasons because it's the end of the school year. It's crazy and weddings happen. So um, you can go check out our first five seasons of that. And we'll be back hopefully in June, maybe July, um, talking about fairy tales and stepsisters in them. Um and hopefully, actually, I know I will have something else to announce next episode, but we don't want to do it too early. So um, I do have a third one coming out that's going to take place in my <laughs> old third one because apparently all I can do is read books in life. So that's, yep, yeah, as where I'm sitting here like, I really want to do a bad book podcast. And then I'm like, I got to stop. I got to stop. <laughs> so <clears throat> Saying no is healthy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Unless we actually... no to that Harry Potter podcast, because 
Oh my gosh. I'd be upset. <laughs> I am all for getting Tim to read. So our friend, or yeah, Tim, who was on a couple episodes ago, has not read Harry Potter. Um, so going to do a book club and maybe if we bring him on for short episodes, he'll actually start reading the books. <laughs> My brother just finished the second one. Yeah, you're being outpaced a, by a yep a, teen, I was say a teenager. Yep. And on. I do have to write up his quiz that my stepmom wants me to write. <laughs> I'll help you with it. <laughs> Make sure he's comprehending. <laughs> just keep asking how many Weasley kids there are and what their names are until he gets them all right. Until he gets it right, yeah. How many of them are at school right and now? And in the Go. right order. <laughs> right. Oh, God, that's <laughs> intense. Bill is the eldest, right? It's not Charlie. It is Bill, and I only Bill, know this. Bill, Charlie, Percy, Fred, George, yep. Ron, Ginny. Yeah, there you go. Correct. See, you did it. <laughs> only because I keep yelling at this stupid Harry Potter mobile app that I want to be friends with Charlie. <laughs> because it's like, you're friends with Bill, and I'm like, that's cool. But Charlie's also supposed to be the same year as you, and like, my dog is named after Charlie Weasley. Let me be friends with Charlie. <laughs> So, Charlie's <laughs> too cool for you. I'm sorry. He really yep. is. His... He goes on to work with dragons. And... Yeah. I'm a second year. I'm friends with his fourth year brother, but I can't be friends with second year Charlie. Like, it's just whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not bitter at all. So. <laughs> well, thank you again for coming on and yes, thank uh, you. letting us talk yeah. Star Wars with you. It was yes. super fun. Thank you for having me. Yes, we'll definitely have to get you back on for either another yep. Star Wars book or something else. So. Yes. yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so we are continuing kind of a sci-fi vibe, I guess, for the next episode. <laughs> um, we are reading The Host by Stephanie Myers. Myers? Myers. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, your streak of good books is about to end. <laughs> yes, I am very curious. Yeah, um, I've read that one. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I can say it's better than Twilight. That's what I've heard, um, which Stephanie has not read Twilight, so. I Low bar, not. but. <laughs> um, and I didn't read The Host because I thought it sounded too much like Animorphs and was like, no, come up with your own <laughs> damn ideas. Um but our guest next week, uh, L. Riccardi, uh, convinced me that it is not an Animorphs knockoff. So we will be reading it with her. Um, so that comes out in two weeks on June 3rd. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you can get your podcasts at Judging Book Covers. You can also find us on all of the social media at JBC Podcast. And there is also a Facebook group, um, a handbook for judging fabulous retellings covers. Yeah, that needs to get renamed now. <laughs> so I don't think handbook's coming back, even if there is another book. So gotcha. <laughs> maybe we I should do a with it. Facebook <laughs> contest of some sorts. <laughs> I may have just decided that Facebook contest. Now we'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, but as always, thank you for listening and keep supporting your local libraries. Bye.